It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Mowers, start your engines. It's the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yes, good morning and welcome to the Saturday Morning Mowers Club. Adam Peacock and our very favourite non-fungible token over here, Nick Davis. <laughs> I'd probably have to be, though. Can I be? You can own that one. Let's get it out of the way straight away. You can own that one against Geelong in 2005. Surely I've got to own it. Yeah. Gibbo, good morning as well. G'day, Adam. G'day, Nick. <laughs> G'day, listeners. G'day, listeners. Nick. I know, I know the tennis you know? is over, but we're on centre court. <laughs> I know. We're in the main studio. How good. How'd you get in here, Gibbo? Oh, months and months of begging and pleading. Uh, finally, I got my wish. Mm. Uh, Nick, the, the tough thing, which I didn't realise, is I have been staring into Nick's eyes for the whole time we've been doing this show, <laughs> at least a year. Every, and I get to see his facial expressions. <laughs> I get to give him a thumbs up when he asks a good question, which he did last <laughs> week did, for Sam Hargraves. Did you cut that up? I uh, sure did. Thank we'll you. play it later on in the show, though. <laughs> but now I can't see Nick. So oh, it wow. looks like me and you, Adams. Oh. But you, you always ask good questions. It's a bit... I might move around. <laughs> anyway, come get to this side. Come to the Brooksy's. Ch- oh, no, but you've got he's, the panel over there. Yeah. The over there. Oh, oh, dear. How was your week, Nick? It was just fielding text messages about <laughs> where can I get the T-shirt and the Richie Richardson, Keith Arthur, and <laughs> Mowers Club hat. Mowers Club hat from. Yes. That's what my week was about. And I'm like, we'll, we'll get him. I was going to say, you were fielding text messages. They were for you, were they? Yes, they were. We'll get to that later. <laughs> Unlike sections of Australian politics and the NFL. No, we'll get this out of the way oh, straight well, away. Oh, we'll go early. Let's bring it out there. 0457 736 736. Throughout the show, let us know, when have you sent or received a text message that you shouldn't have that rocked your world a little? It's in relation to what happened in the NFL when Bill Belichick, the great New England Patriots coach, Did. sent... Uh, a text message to the guy he thought got the New York Giants job. Two Bryans. The two Bryans. <laughs> the two Bryans. Sent it to the wrong Brian because the other Brian that didn't get it uh, then is now suing the NFL because he felt that they'd already given the job away. Before he had even interviewed for it. Yes. So Bill Belichick had heard that Brian <laughs> had that you're their guy, you're going to get the job mm. and sent that to Brian Flores, who went on to coach the uh, Miami Dolphins, but yeah, uh, yeah, mm. not great. No, not great at all. And then obviously politics this week. There was another one this morning. Barnaby Joyce telling uh, Scott, <laughs> telling someone what he really thought of Scott Morrison, <laughs> and the the one between Gladys and Scott Morrison, um, or about Scott Morrison. From Gladys saying that he's an absolute psycho and things like that. There's a few uh, things to blame. For, there's a few things to blame for this. What? I messaging. Yes. It's a trap. Mm. And you guys were flat out last night, weren't you? Yeah. And every time you guys break off into your own 
little thing. We've, we've had this. It's our group to discuss what's coming up on the show. Well, we thought you'd be interested. I had to be in here a little bit earlier for prep, so I had to go to bed earlier. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Did. I think there's a bit of carry on here, Nick. There's absolute carry on. Oh, I mean, okay. I'm talking from you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I said absolutely there's carry on. 0457 736 736. WhatsApp. Yeah, WhatsApp. WhatsApp Turn groups. your notifications off. It's easy. WhatsApp. There might be something actually funny that comes through that I don't want to miss. I once sent a text message to uh, who I thought was my wife saying, no, 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 it's not the one okay. down this path. Good. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll save that for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to my wife saying, oh, um, they've offered me this prospective job. They've offered me this. It's over this term. It's for this much, blah, blah, blah. I reckon I'm going to take it. What do you think I should do? I'd actually sent it to the place where I was actually going to leave. <laughs> the boss oh, of the place oh, no. I was going to leave. <laughs> yes. So he got it and he found out straight away what the other mob were offering. Did they offer you more? No. Nah. Oh, I thought that could have been so, a good story it, in the end. It, it was 10 minutes, 10 minutes of pure panic and then... All of a sudden, a light bulb went off and went, you know what? This probably just makes the negotiation go quicker. <laughs> and Decision <it> made. <laughs> Decision. And it did. <laughs> when you've only got one choice, it makes the choice very easy. Yeah, I got a two-word text message back from that boss and the second one. The second word Good was, luck. was off. Um, <laughs> have you ever sent a text message uh, inadvertently to someone? Uh, you thought, uh-oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How long have we got? <laughs> How long have we got? What was the name? <laughs> This is, and we spoke on, you've got to be real descriptive with how you save people's names in your phone. <laughs> okay. Why? <laughs> or what do you got to do uh, there? Surnames? What if surname you don't know the surname? Or, so that, that can be hard. Yeah. Or just description of said persons. Or location of or where location you met said of person. Where you, correct. So Sally from Northies <laughs> as opposed to Sally from Bondi. I never went out in Bondi. I know you never went <laughs> Yeah, you've got, so, to be, you've got to be. Can you give us one story throughout <laughs> no, the course of the next three hours, please? I want to live vicariously through. I just got to see who's listening first. <laughs> you can't, they can't the, get you now. I'll send the text message out now. <laughs> now the show. What have we got coming up on the what show? What have we got? Uh, from... Joanna Griggs will join us from the Seven Network ahead of the Winter Olympics. Uh, the opening ceremony last night. Big first day of competition. Today. Better homes and garden. Better homes and garden. So she'll give us some lawn tips as well. First show last night. I watched it. Did you? Yeah, I did. Enjoy it? A little bit. Uh, yep. Yeah, cool. Um, can't believe you weren't watching the A-League. Uh, has that started? Yes, it has. Right. It's restarted. Actually, I did. I heard all about it from Bozza this week. <laughs> On the drive show. Yeah. Gibbo's, Gibbo <laughs> is now like an encyclopedia of football <laughs> after this week, after producing <laughs> the drive show. Well done. Yeah, thank you, guys. Uh, I did mention it a few times throughout the week. Oh, boys, I think we might be going a little too heavy on the football, but hey. Then you now call it football. Oh, well. Well, well there yeah. you go. He's been indoctrinated. But then I, I know Good as soon word. as Joel and Fletch come back on Monday, I football in A-League will be... I thought, I thought they were pretty good on drive. They were, Maybe they, they should were, just... They were awesome. Sit there. And put Fletch and uh, Joel on breakfast. And ruin their lives by getting up at four oh, o'clock sorry, in the morning no, every day. I'm that out. No, yeah. Bozza was great because yeah. I love Bozza. But yeah. Joel and Fletch, they were good on breakfast. They were good on breakfast. Yeah. Well, we've got Brandy and Vossi starting. I don't know what going through Brandy's I head. I wonder what they do <laughs> on Saturday mornings. Waking up at four to sleep in by any chance? Well, maybe they can come in 
<laughs> people mow on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday afternoons? Well, yes, they do. They do. And one's coming up in a year now, a bit later on oh, right. as well. Uh, Pete Lawler, he'll join us to talk cricket. What's doing there? It's <laughs> just a langer. Why wouldn't you just leave if I... I'd be like, it's the greatest. I'm out. It's the greatest. It's not me, it's you. <laughs> it's not you, it's me, I should say. Bugger that up. <laughs> Why would he... And, for our text, why would you just, if this was any other sort of job, in the, you would just leave, would you not? Well, maybe, maybe not. He's probably on a pretty good wicket, so he doesn't want to walk away. He's obviously attached to the job. But, but he's going to get... They're treating him like dirt. I'd be like... Pretty yeah. ordinary. Timmy Horan joins us from uh, the Nine Network and Stan Sport to talk some rugby with the, the Super Rugby competition just around the corner, some innovations as well. And from the... <laughs> I just wanna, uh, I know where I'm at. Oh, actually, because we've got cameras and cats here. We've got like English. The great, um, the great Gibbo producers of show. And for cricket, yeah. there's like two or three little dot points that we should speak about. For football, yeah. there's like two or three little dot points. For mowers, there's two. For Super Rugby, <laughs> there is four pages of dot points to go over. I think we get him to host that. <laughs> no, segment. it's because you welcome guys... to Super Rugby Hour with <laughs> Gibbons. Well, I can't <laughs> see you. I can, yeah. I can say whatever I like yeah. from Just behind the you can't see each other now. It doesn't mean you have to hate each other. It's not like the Iron Curtain's gone up in between. <laughs> well, you guys are all across your cricket. You're all Absolutely. across your mowing. Mm. I would oh, yeah. say the area of improvement, perhaps, maybe not so much for you, Adam. Thank you. Oh. Rugby union. I mean, uh, the Australian Sevens coaching does not count as rugby union knowledge. Yeah, especially after the Tokyo Olympics with those restarts. Who's coaching the restarts? Oh, it's my co-host on a Saturday morning. There's been a switcheroo. Has there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they swapped. Yeah. It's like a wife swap for <laughs> TV I'm show. Too. Yeah. Oh, yeah? yeah. Fair enough. Uh, we'll get into the rugby with Timmy Horan a bit later on. Looking right. forward to the chat. And Di Milstead, who is the president of the Australian Lawnmower Racing Association. Oh, <laughs> this is right up our alley. Not... Toro, 100 years of innovation. If we can't be on the starting grid for this competition, mm. we need to make this happen. <laughs> I want you and the your last time I said this, The last time I said this, it took six for our T-shirts. And once Toro got on board, our T-shirts arrived quickly. So thank you very much, Toro. But this is my second, this must happen. I want um, you in your Keith Arthurton hat <laughs> in a Grand Prix for lawn mower <laughs> racing. Totally. We'll do the OB out there. Gibbo, we can organise an OB at the well, Grand Prix well, out there. Dai is actually the lead commentator. So I think you're going to have to convince her. But they have got, I think, their Australian Championships in March. Where? Oh, some place I'd never heard of. I think it's on the border of the Murray River. Oh, okay. Well, Dye will get run in. us through I it. can go there. That's a bit of a schlep. Oh, but... I'm going to hypercarding at EQ this afternoon. I'm going oh, to yeah. practice. <laughs> <laughs> I am now. <laughs> uh, and Lord Tristan Merlihan, of course, uh, we will discuss Nick's... Oh, we were so close. Bondi, two sets to love. We up. were it's so dead. close. But then it went to the fifth set and you'd gone three sets to two, Medvedev. Uh, we were just about to clean the house. Uh, the Lord was about to shut up shop at Top but Sport. but We didn't take into account one of the greatest athletes of uh, all time. Yeah. Anyway. He was sweaty, wasn't he? Yeah. By the way, first two hours. The Oddly enough, the mob that tipped in some money to this program, we can't yeah, mention. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Well, we didn't say it. Yes, you did. What? <laughs> you just said it. You said Tristan's company. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Just cut that out. <laughs>
<laughs> right, cricket. Uh, That's one way to get it fixed. <laughs> <Cool forward. laughs> Just keep doing it. Uh, the, uh, the Saturday scoreboard on the Saturday Morning Mowers Club, thanks to Toro Mowers, powered by 100 years of innovation. Australians' uh, women's side has retained the Ashes, uh, winning the first one day, uh, won by 27 runs. Beth Mooney, 73. How tough is she? Darcy Brown, four for 34. What a talent she is. Uh, the series continues tomorrow at the Junction Oval in Melbourne at just after 10 o'clock. Domestic cricket. The Shield's going to restart on Wednesday. The final's going to take place at the end of March. And the Marsh Cup's going to get going again. Valentine's Day, Queensland and New South Wales. The A-League last night, great game in Adelaide. Sydney 2-1 over Adelaide United. And tonight, the FFA Cup final. Melbourne victory against the plucky little Central Coast Mariners who head down there after trying to host the final and got bound by the FA because they wanted to uh, have the fill-up by having it at Melbourne Victory home ground, Amy Park, and having a bigger crowd there. Uh, so, uh, okay. yeah. It's been a good work for Australian football, but as mentioned, it's been uh, discussed at length through the week on drive, <laughs> but we might mention it a bit later on. Uh, the NBL, the Jack Jumpers over the Sydney Kings. The Jack Jumpers have lit it up they all have. of a sudden, haven't they? Good on them. Good stuff. Happy for Tasmanian sport. Tasmanian Jack Jumpers, uh, 77 70. Oh, by the way, I can't make the show in a couple of weeks. I'm going to Tasmania. What for? Golf. Like, you're playing golf, aren't you? Yeah. I golf, yeah. yeah. Mate's Bucks party. Only been delayed about 18 times thanks to COVID. Well, so I'm going to the Gold Coast next week to play golf. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. So I need a co host for that. No, I'll do it from Gold Coast. Oh, cool. Well, I might I bring the Lord in for the last hour up there in I, studio. I won't be doing that show. So you'll have to find out. What show? Fun. The, the one in a couple of weeks' time when I'll be in Tasmania and uh, getting all involved in the Jack Jumpers. I might come back a Jack Jumpers fan after they got it done last night. 77-70 over the Sydney Kings. Catch every NBL game live on ESPN with KO. Um, biggest season yet of the NBL today. That's what they say. That's what they say. Brisbane and Cairns at 5.30 and then South East Melbourne take on the Perth Wildcats at 8 o'clock. Uh, the Pipe Pro, Gibbo. Oh, you when I put it in the rundown, I'd get a mention here. It did, and that's the thing. You didn't. Oh no, we haven't got stuff. No, golf you here. Got golf stuff. question mark. What is, is that? Golf question mark. Yeah. Bryce and DeChambeau. One hundred and thirty-five million to be the face, the headliner of the Saudi Arabian um, golfing league. This is odd because they're just going to throw all this money. I heard what were they throwing at Ian Poulter, who's like forty six, or throwing like thirty million at him, and then he can't be right a cup captain. It's Throw like... him a new pair of strides. <laughs> it's a bit of a, I don't know. I, I just would have thought they would have started it without having to throw this cash around. Just make the the prizes big, mm. and then just get it going that way, rather than just going whoosh. Make it like a World Series cricket, Super League type thing, trying to divide the whole sport. Now you're just going to divide people's opinion about those golfers because they've got a choice to make. I know they line their pockets and stuff, but I think there's a better oh, way of doing their, it. Their pockets are pretty long yeah, already. True, true. I think there, there was another one probably, I think, 12 months, probably a little bit further than 12 months ago um, where another thing wanted to come in with a Super League-style golfing tournament. And a lot of the – I know Rory McIlroy said he wouldn't be a part of it because of the prestige and, and the majors and whatnot. It's going to be very interesting where this goes. Uh, I think golf, once you get to the top end and then you're the, the cream of the crop and you do have um, endorsements and they do get um, handsomely rewarded, it is about Masters, Opens and all that sort of business. So if USGA and the RNA mm. 
exclude them from these tournaments, it's going to be very, very interesting. Some massive decisions to make. Um, mm. By the way, Jason Day is tied for fifth at the moment, the Pebble Beach uh, Pro-Am. Good on A little backup from uh, Tory Pines last yep. week. Um, yeah, surfing, pipe okay, pro. We're on. What do you got there, uh, Gibbo? What's happening over in uh, Hawaii? Kelly Slater, 49 years old, turning yep. 50 in not too distant future. He's into the quarterfinals. Um, he should get through to the final, and it'll set up a matchup with John John Florence. Yep. So he's the one to kid, blown out his ACL last two Is years. Is that a typo? What's that? Name? John John. John John, no, no. That's John John. So good he named him twice, John John. He's mm-hmm. dual world title. In the women's is where the Aussies have been going well. In the men, we're going disastrous at the moment. There's Why? been a changing of the guard. All the old guys have left. Mick, Joel, Taj, mm. Julian, Owen Wright. They've all got Owen Wright's still sort of there. They're all gone. Yep. We've got all the young guys. Well, they're still here, but they're retired. <laughs> the best of the best Hockey. don't surf. Mick nearly went, but okay, punched yeah, that he shark, punched didn't he? Shark, right? no. The best they surfers go. in Australia usually don't surf on the tour. That's why. So we haven't got our best guys on the World Surf why? League. What are they or doing? Julian Wilson. Retired. Well, Julian Wilson retired. Out but with the kids. You can be a free surfer. You don't have to surf competitions and make a good enough living. So some of our best surfers don't bother with competitions. How would you have gone with that, Nick, if it was that case in AFL? What was that? Just be a free player. Oh. <laughs> Get paid for it and go around the world and kick a few snaps and <laughs> just, you know, wave to the crowd. Nick. Thanks, guys. <laughs> but on the women's side, it's the first time they've surfed a World Surf League event at Pipeline yep. like in the main draw. Steph Gilmore, unfortunately, was ruled out to COVID. She would have done really well out there. Tyler Wright from Kalbara, she's mm. in the quarters. And Isabel Nichols from the Sunshine Coast is also in the quarters. So they're hoping to get this done in the next couple of days, but we've got Two Aussies left in the draw, and hopefully they can come home with a win. Surf has it been pumping? Absolutely, I think it has pumping, been, hasn't yeah. It? I think I it's saw um, it a bit. because it's the first time the men and the women's draw has run together at Pipe, mm. obviously, and they've been getting really good waves. So hopefully, in the next couple of days, it'll continue, and we'll see some surfing on TV again. There's our frothing update from Gibbo. <laughs> Not one frothing. I didn't say pumped. I didn't say stoked or frothing. Well done. Thank you. Well done. Expanding the. Horizons of the surfing dictionary right there, Nathan Gibbons. Um, a quick one on the FA Cup as well. Uh, I'm sure you're all across it, Nick, being a big Manchester United fan. Oh God, I've lost that, that jersey, my Chicharito <laughs> yeah. jersey. All of a sudden, yeah, Ronaldo signs and we're all in, in love with the club again and then two weeks later we forget about it. Um, Manchester United won Middlesbrough one in the FA Cup. It's gone to extra time. Is this on right now? Yes. <laughs> oh, dear. Funny, funny, funny. Um <clears throat> We'll bring you up to date with that as it happens. What eventually happens with that. We've got Yenar on the way. We've got Joe Griggs on the way about the Winter Olympics and uh, Pete Lawler, who will tell us exactly what the hell is going on with Justin Langer. We're back in a moment on the Mowers Club. Trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. It's all happened really quickly, Nick, that uh, the footy season is just about here. You get to February and pre-season is reaching its end and there's some trial games around the corner. All-Stars weekend next All-Star weekend. Next weekend. There's no League. better feeling. There's yeah. no better feeling. <laughs> you start to taper, oh, do you? you t- <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Once the jerseys come out at training, you know that you're close. Wednesday. The fitness is done. Fo- footballs again. The, the fitness is done for some. Some of us do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tweet from former legend through the week, uh, at former underscore legend, breaking more signings for the Dolphins NRL as they've just secured a three-year deal for the corpse of Dally Messenger. Um, it's in reference to the fact that the Dolphins, 
the recruitment probably hasn't lit up like many thought it would ahead of their introduction in about 12 months' time yes. to the competition. Are they doing it the right way? They've signed, what, five or six players, the Bromwich brothers, uh, Gibbo. And Felice Kafusi, Ray Stone from the Parramatta Eels, Jermaine yeah. Asako from the Brisbane Broncos, Good and then a young kid from New Zealand who's been playing rugby union. So not too many signings so far. Are they doing this right, Nick? Uh, my experience would be from... And it's a little bit different with drafts and whatnot. With the when the Gold Coast and GWS came into the competition, and mm. there were two, and in my opinion, two different styles there. With the, where the Gold Coast went for a little bit of the older, more established. They got Gary Ablett, and that was probably individually a win. He was just he was great. Probably he was the best take, player in the competition at the time. Absolutely, and was able to win a Brownlow at the Gold Coast and, and do all those great things. and But that didn't translate to finals appearances and, and whatnot. No. So I think the Gold Coast went for the Bromwich Brothers sort of style of recruitment, the 20s, like the late 20s, late 20s established. Yep. established and filtered in some of the young guys where the Giants went heavy through the draft. Phil Davis was only a young captain from Adelaide. Um, and they got, they were able to get Shane Mumford from the Swans, um, mm. which was a really good older piece of that puzzle, but it was, um, two distinct styles and the Giants were able to probably weather the storm early where there oh, was, where there was they? a little bit of yeah. leniency and grace for them. And then come out the other end once these young kids had matured yeah. and, and play finals and, and make grand finals, um, in, in with the with the dolphins, and I, I'd sort of recall it probably eighteen months ago, two years ago. A, a lot of good player contracts were out of with this coming season was their last year. A lot mm. of deals got done, knowing that there was going to be a twenty twenty three expansion. Yep, and having the opportunity there for a lot of good players. Because I get what you're saying about the the Giants. Um way of doing things in the AFL, but the, the Dolphins, they can't go through three years of getting pumped and why? getting, well, they'll get 5,000 people to their home games. They, they've got to work straight away. But Wayne Bennett didn't go up there to develop a club and then in three years' time hand over the reins when he's ready to retire when they start to become good. They're going to be trying to be good start okay. straight away. But, I mean, they've got Peter O'Sullivan there up there, the, the recruitment manager who is regarded as one of the better ones in yes. the in the NRL. So I'm, I'm sure they're trying to do deals um, – here, there, and everywhere, but you'd imagine soon that they're going to need someone, a dominant six or seven, yep, to to come to the club somehow. Because the more and people that you try and sign, the more they're, they're going. Well, who's our six and seven? Who's, who's our, our guy? One? Yeah. Who's our six and seven? Who's our quarterback? Like, yep, and, absolutely. Hmm. Anyway, so it, we'll see how it all pans out. But you're right. It, it, every day that passes, you'd imagine it becomes a little tougher because. Yep. Contracts are wrapped up. Um, yep. There's, I don't know what the market is like for the players that are off contract at the end of this year. Yep. They might be having to start cutting deals where you kind of get a player before they're out of contract and kind of pay above and beyond. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know how it's going to go. How do you see it, Gibbo? I think it's not a bad thing what they've done, the Dolphins. They've gotten players from a good club, good system, the Bromwich brothers. You know, they're going to set an example. And I think now you'll probably see them start poaching some young players. But... They're after Reese Walsh. They're after Cam Munster. They're after Caelan Ponga. They need 
a Queensland pin-up star. So when they go to games against the Titans, go to games against the Broncos, they're going to have a lot of support there. Marquee man, I think that's what mm. they're looking for. And you'd think Wayne Bennett's got that star power. He's got the relationship with Cam Munster. Those players, Reese Walsh, what I've read, he wants to be back in Queensland. Yeah. I think he'll be there, but they need that player. Well, the um, New Zealand border's not opening till July, so uh, he might be back in Queensland to start the, <laughs> start the new Sorry, season. Yeah. Uh, we're off to a bit of a news break, and after that news break, we're going to talk some Winter Olympics with Joe Griggs. Yes, welcome back to the Saturday Morning Mowers Club. It's time now for one of our favourites. We've had her on before to tell us all about her gardening expertise after working in television for so long, not only in sport, but also in home improvement, especially in the backyard, front yard, is Joanna Griggs, who's part of the Channel 7 crew for the Winter Olympics. Uh, Joe, how are you? I'm fabulous. It's so great to talk to you two again. Uh, we'll get onto the lawn a bit later, but firstly, um, the icy snow <laughs> in Beijing, which I'm, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next couple of weeks because, yeah, it's just mayhem, the Winter Olympics. What stands out for you about our uh, our team over there? I know you love it so much. Remember back to 2002, Salt Lake City and that magnificent Stephen Bradbury night as well. But uh, what stands out for you this, this time around for 2022? Oh, well, there's, there's a million stories on an international scale, but even if you just focus purely on the Australian team, we've got a small team, you know, probably our third largest team, but it's actually still relatively small when you look at the size of teams from around the world with 43 athletes. So we have an amazing amount of depth and an amazing amount of athletes that have been really getting results on, you know, on a global scale coming into these games. So we probably have more medal chances. I reckon hard to go past sort of Scotty James in the half pipe. Um, if you want one event that stands out, where you've got Harana who was in the skateboarding in Tokyo, you've got Sean White in his fifth Olympic Games, just an absolute legend of the sport who, who really put snowboarding on the map. Scotty James, who's just won his fifth X Games coming into it. And then you've got young talent like Australia's Valentino Gaselli, who's the youngest in the team, 16 years of age, currently holds the, the world record for the highest air. And then still stacked with another, you know, probably sort of 10 other chances that could, could really, you know, be there in the mix for the final. That's the one that I think um, you would almost, if you wanted to have a safe bet, you'd say Scotty James for the gold. Joe, it's been interesting that the evolution of the the Winter Olympics and the the X Games that you spoke about, Sean White there coming across, well-known, super famous um, around the world from his feats in the X Games and now bringing that and these events over to the Olympics, which has been the best one that you think the, that's come across and, and is now the Olympic sport? Oh, look, I'm obviously, you know, half pipe's been amazing. Um, all the, you know, the, the slaloms on the snowboard has been pretty exceptional. Um, slope style and big air, I think certainly seeing that um, on the women's program this time round, you just, you, I think it's one where you feel like there's that element of danger. I mean, there's already danger, speed, excitement, precision in, in so many of the sports. I mean, look at any of the sliding events, whether it be the luge, the skeleton or the, the bobsleigh. And all of that is what makes the winter so exciting. You go, you can pretty much look, whether it's, you know, alpine skiing, whether it's sliding events, whether it's, you know, some of these sort of more sort of tricked up events, moguls, aerial skiing. It is exciting it is thrilling it is skillful but it does have that element of danger where you know it can go terribly wrong as we have seen in the past um and i don't know it's so different the stories are so different i think what captures people's imaginations are we're so familiar with so many athletes in the summer games um we really only get to hear about these winter olympians every four years and when you think about what they've been through the last few years with the extra um, layer of covid added to it 
you, you sit there and you go, okay, what they're doing on, on a world scale is truly incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Like the, considering it snows in Australia for about comparatively seven minutes compared to the rest of the world, to, to be able to do what we do and the, the Winter Institute, they built this big uh, water jump up in Brisbane for a lot of our aerialists and mogul skiers to do it. And one I like, Joe, um, and you can speak it of a bit because we've got medal chances in this as well, especially with the, the reigning world champions in the uh, the snowboard cross teams event in Bell Brockoff and um, Jared Hughes is snowboard cross, which I liken to something that you see on a Japanese game show. It's just mad. It is just <laughs> absolutely mad. It is mad. You know, they're, they're going at crazy speeds. They're getting a huge amount of air off, of, you know, sort of these big sort of bumps along the course as they go and coming around tight corners and jostling for position. I mean, the interesting thing about uh, that mixed team, uh, Parallel Snowboard Slalom, is that actually the combination of Bell and Jarrett isn't officially locked in yet. It, it will depend on how they go in their individual ah. events as to who will actually go into that team's event. You'd imagine it would be them, given that they're, they're the current world champions, but... That is the sort of sport where anything can happen. You've got, you know, Cam Bolton, who's back for another Games. And, you know, at Pyeongchang four years ago, he had an absolutely horrendous crash. And he ended up breaking his wrist, having it taped up, and went back up and did another run again. I mean, the athletes are so tough. It's rare to go through anyone's, you know, bio without having all sorts of injuries. I mean, we've got Tess Cody, who starts in the, the women's snowboard slope style qualifications today. She got bronze at the 2021 World Championships. Now, she, four years ago, obviously, um, was the youngest member of the, the Pyeongchang team. Got as far as to the, the training run, the last run before she was about to compete and blew her ACL. So you think about that that moment where her life, where she goes from living the dream to it just becoming an instant nightmare and having to rebuild overcome a fear and get back to a best. Well, she, she's back. So she's a big chance for a medal. You've got, you know, the aerial skiers, we've always had amazing depth in that. You've got, you know, Laura Peel, who did a jump a couple of weeks ago um, in Deer Valley that was one of the highest scoring jumps in women's aerials and actually would have put her on the podium in the men's event at that time. You've got moguls, Jakara Anthony, who, you know, made eight podiums in the World Cups in the lead-up coming into these games. Her first run, she was cleared two and a half points of the rest of the field, and it actually scored higher. Uh, she would have won with, that, with the score just for that one run in qualification the other day. She would have won the gold in Pyeongchang, and she would have actually beaten Matt Graham into the silver medal position in the men's event. So you just you just keep going. It doesn't matter if you go skeleton, Jackie Narricott. You can look at all of these results of what people have been achieving you know, at the World Cups on the way in, which is really the only measure that we've got because COVID has interrupted so many things over the last couple of years. And we have a lot of chances over a lot of sports. We've got... Mm. Bree Walker in the mono bob. I mean, she's she's a massive chance. She's had several podium wins and and podium you know um, finishes in the last two years. So she's she's definitely in the mix for a medal. Joe, who's the Simone Biles of the rest of the world? Who, not of our Australian athletes, who do we need to make sure that we watch over the uh, the Winter Olympics? Um, who is the uh, who are the the show stealers over there? Well, there's there's a couple, right? So I reckon if you if you want to talk about those, you know, really exciting um, 
sort of X game sport, you know, in, in the slope style, you've got Eileen Gu and she's made headlines. Uh, she's competing for China. She actually grew up in, in America. She grew up in San Francisco at 15, announced to the US ski team that she's going to be representing China, her mother is Chinese. Uh, it was hugely a, a massive decision, which obviously went down like a lead balloon in the USA. She's a t- uh, two-time world champion um, coming into these. She's 18 years of age. She's an absolute superstar, both in America and China. And she's actually going for the slopestyle big air and half-pipe trifecta. So she's amazing. Um, you've got you know, people like... Irene Voss uh, from the Netherlands, who's a speed skater, who is attempting to do something that no man or woman has actually done um, in Olympic history before, which is to win five individual gold medals uh, at five consecutive Olympics. So she's going to be in the the 3,000 metres gets underway um, today. And, you know, you look at the names that she's currently sitting alongside of, and it's, you know, Michael Phelps and Carl Lewis, who won four individual golds at four consecutives. But, you know, that's somebody who can can go that next level again. And, mm. and when you're talking about legends of sport, you know, that kind of gives you an idea of, of just how phenomenal she is. And honestly, there are, I feel like in this, is not just like the one Simone Biles, that you, you could actually list a, a reel off about 30. Um, obviously, lots in the uh, you know, Scandinavian countries in sports like the cross-country skiing and the um, uh, biathlon and, and even in a lot of the sliding events where they really, really dominate. But, you know, we, we still have um, athletes that we can look out for in each of those, whether it be bobsleigh, whether it be luge or whether it be skeleton. Now, Joe, um, just away from the Winter Olympics, we both regard ourselves as the Simone Biles of lawn care Absolutely. now, having uh, done this for about six months or so. <laughs> and I've got a T-shirt. I mean, he's got a T-shirt to prove it as well. I'm just interested, Joe, <laughs> you, you're away for a couple of weeks, obviously, doing the, the Winter Olympics. You're not going to get back to a jungle um, to your property, are you? The, the things are going to be taken care of? You, you, you don't have to worry about that aspect? <laughs> No, no, it's definitely going to be a jungle because we got absolutely caned with COVID before we came down. So we, um, you know, at the moment, you only have to look out the window and you can watch the grass grow, you know, five centimetres in what feels like an hour. Uh, so we are already well behind where we would be with um, mulching and, and mowing. And to be honest, I spoke to my husband this morning who is up there. He's still really sick. He's had he's had that long form of COVID where he's still crook as and there's been a bit of rain so he can't even can't even get out in the tractor today. So he just said, Honestly, I'm I'm looking at, at grass that's now about up to my knees. So he said, Don't judge me when you come home. So he's got a couple of weeks to see whether it dries out a little bit and he can get out there. But um first first and foremost he's gotta get gotta get healthy. Have you got any tips there, Joe? That's been a little a common one, Adam, that I've mm. had from our mowers community where they've been away over Christmas and New Year's and they've mm. come back to the lawn that's quite long mm. and how do they attack that with the mower? And the brown snakes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The brown snakes and the, and the red bellies. Um, look, to be honest, I, th- I think the real key there is the tempting thing when you see your lawn way, way, way overgrown is to cut it really short and that's the very worst thing you can do because we're still going to have some really hot days coming through and if you do that, as soon as there's a, a boiling hot day, it will burn your roots mm. and, and your absolutely lush green lawns that we're all lucky enough to be experiencing now will brown really, really quickly. So I, I think the key is keep it just that little bit longer and do it more regularly. As painful as that is, just think you, you only really have a couple more months where you have to do that before before winter will slow things down significantly. Adam, you should have taken that advice before you got your hair cut this week, my friend. <laughs> I was going to say to you, Nick, don't burn your roots. Well, <laughs> hey. Yeah, well, we're <laughs> <touché>. <laughs> we're going to leave that right there. Right there. Uh, Joe, 
so looking forward to the the seven coverage and you being a part of it, of course. Um, again, what Olympics is this for you? Is it seven, eight? Uh, number eight, eight, oh, eight, eight Olympics and third winters. How good, how good. Uh, yeah, looking forward to it all. There's some inspiring stories, and um, yeah, you've uh, you've you've certainly done your research. You, you gave it to us right there. Really appreciate it, and um, looking forward to all those stories that you just explained so eloquently just then on the Mowers Club. Thanks, Joe. Thank you very much. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Welcome back. I'm coming up with a new game. To the Mowers Club. <laughs> Very excited. Go, Nick. What is it? Come with words that shouldn't be in front of other words. <laughs> <laughs> and it. <laughs> we picked it up through uh, the break when we heard a... Fun run being advertised. Fun run. <laughs> <laughs> Three words in the English language that shouldn't be one in front of the other. I got another. I think, hang on, I got another one. Go. This is a few two words that are in front of chips or veggies. <laughs> <laughs> chips or veggies should not be a sentence. What about what? enjoyable shopping? Oh, I like that one. Yeah, delicious, really sugar free. <laughs> Yes, good point. Or in reference to us, great show. <laughs> Just a show. Just a show. How'd your, how'd your show go? Well, we existed. That was fun. Hey, walk around, walk around SEN Central here, my friend. I don't see merchandise for anyone else. <laughs> now, speaking of merch, we've got yes. our first shirt, first shirt winner. After we've got last, five to give away. Last week, uh, Kev, Matt, Roosterman, Jezza, and Crisco got some shirts. This week... Uh, Nick, one here from Kurt. Kurt. <laughs> Boys, let's not beat around the bush. The best part of the Winter Olympics is all the stats. <laughs> well, Kurt. As, as... I'm not going to say yes. I'm not going to say no, but you're going to get a shirt. So <laughs> anyone out there, read between the lines. We don't want people to get hurt. However, there is a element of fascination with how these people do what they do and uh, what happens when it comes unstuck. We're off to another little break here on the Mowers Club. Stick around. The second hour is not too far away. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yes, welcome back to the Mowers Club. Uh, This FA Cup match between Manchester United and Middlesbrough won't end. It's gone to penalties and it's 8-7 at the moment. No one's missed a penalty in 15 penalties in the penalty shootout. (laughs) Well, wow. oh. <laughs> so we're waiting to see. Oh, no, yes. <laughs> he missed. Manchester United missed their out. <laughs> oh, I don't go for them anymore. Middlesbrough. <laughs> I need a new team. I don't go for your team either. I got... <laughs> US sports update. Uh, so, uh, there's a bit going on in US sport, but quickly, Kurt, yeah, the boys, my missus is going to love. I thought he said her new T-shirt. I thought he was going to give it to her oh, for Valentine's come Day. On, Kurt, show, <laughs> yeah, Valentine's Day. Oh, here he goes. Worst day, not the worst day, the most pointless day on the calendar. It's Super Bowl day. <laughs> Super Bowl day. Gibbo <laughs> just pulled it up, actually. He goes, oh, I'm just going to head out for it. And then Don Juan, what did you have to say, my friend? <laughs> Every day is Valentine's oh, Day. Stop it. Unless you're playing golf. Except you, when you go to Tassie for four days with voice. <laughs> Go play golf. <laughs> every day leading up to that is because you need credits. And every day In after it, we'll sure no as hell will be. Kurt, enjoy your T-shirt. Make sure we – let's get our T-shirts out there on social media. On Super Bowl. More. On Super Bowl. Yep. 
Uh, Bengals Rams. Rams. What do we think of that matchup? Is it like kind of? Uh, is there much to look forward to there, yeah, or is there it a is. bit of a disappointment? No, there, there? is. Uh, it's a. Uh, the Rams throughout the season have added some really good pieces um, to the puzzle. Started off the year, they um, a big trade for uh, Matthew Stafford from the Detroit Lions, probably one of the top five quarterbacks in the league, but was at the Detroit Lions, who were not a great franchise. Yeah. Uh, he came across to the Rams. Uh, during the year, they traded for Von Miller, uh, linebacker from the Denver Broncos, former Super Bowl MVP. He was on their squad, and then... Uh, through free agency and whatnot, Odell Beckham Jr. became available. He left the Cleveland Browns and they snapped him up as well. So the the Rams sort of went all in. Just on the Rams. Yep. This Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Kid. <laughs> he come out of nowhere? No, he didn't come out of nowhere. He probably had a, two years ago, had a really good season. A little bit quiet last year. No, he's like when he was a kid. Oh, I come out of nowhere as a kid, yeah, just... Uh, Dropped out of the sky pretty much. Yeah, he wasn't a, like a big star in nah, university. No, not college, a big college guy, just a hard worker. Got to the Rams. Had a bit of a breakout season when they made the Super Bowl the first time with Jared Goff. Quiet last year. New quarterbacks come in. He's broken all receiving records this year. Incredibly. He's been Go to him every play almost. They do. They do. So the Rams built and they sort of went all in for the next few years of the Rams. Um, Bengals the, who have sucked for a while. They have. Uh, they got Joe Burrow two years ago uh, at... Um, probably number one quarterback um, in that draft. And then this year, there was a lot. He ended up getting sacked, which is tackled, and did his ACL last year. Yep. All the talk around the Bengals draft for the start of this year was they need to pick up a guy called Panay Sewell, who was a offensive tackle who would protect Joe Burrow. They didn't go that way, and their pick was wide receiver Jamar Chase, mm. who is next level. He... Um, he is a superstar of the competition in his rookie year. And the Bengals have run the table. They beat my side, the Raiders, in, in week one. They went to Tennessee um, and beat the Titans in week two, which was uh, the number one seed. And then they went to uh, Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City and beat the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes was up 21-3 going into the half, and they ran him down. So this mm. will be a good one. This will be a, uh, a good Super Bowl, not this Monday, Monday week. Valentine's Day, lock it in. Everyone, what a wonderful way to spend the most romantic, allegedly, day on the calendar. Uh, the Athletic is reporting that James Harden and Ben Simmons could swap Brooklyn for Philly. Trade deal. That's Straight a, swap? That's a blockbuster. Oh, there's probably, you know, with those trade deals, yeah, there's be, probably yeah. like a 17th round draft pick in yep. 2027 or something like that thrown in. But and a free bet. <laughs> bonus bet. <A> bonus bet. <laughs> We'll give you some bonus bets. Yeah. Tristan will sort that out. Um, yeah. Don't say his name. What, what do you make of that? Uh, I like what the 76ers are doing. Like, yeah. They could easily have rolled over and given him what they want. Uh, I think. Pretty good deal for him, though, to go and play with Kevin Durant if it works out. True. And the, Brooklyn. But the other way. And Paddy. And the other way. Maybe Paddy could get into his ear about the boomers. Yeah. Day to day. Just pester him. Just pester him. Just like, like what you do to me. Yeah, Get in my like, ear and pester me. Like your text messages that you never respond to. Oh, I wasn't responding last. I was, I, actually, I responded on Wednesday this week, did I not? Yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> Forgot what day it was, did you? Playing news week. <laughs> you thought it was Thursday. It was raining and windy. And no golf. Yeah, no golf. Thanks for a boring Nick.
Uh, we're off to a quick break. And on our second hour, around the corner, we're going to get to the bottom or we're going to learn a bit more about the Justin Langer situation with Cricket Australia. Pete Lawler from the Australian Cricket Rider will join us right after the news. Mowers, start your engines. It's the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. That's the slower version. What's going on? You're tripping out, Adam. You no, I'm not tripping out. It was quicker. Oh, it was quicker. Well, who's like, changing it? it? How do you know that I've never touched a drug in my life, my friend? <laughs> oh, don't worry, Adam. You've told me numerous times. And it's not with you. Words. On the other yeah. <laughs> but no one's changed it. There's not a fairy changer of sweepers here at SEN. That's slower. I swear I to God, that's slower. That's the slower ball of House of Pain. Maybe it's the you new You did say studio. you need another coffee. Yeah. Do, Maybe actually. it's a new coffee. The new coffee, the new studio. I'm tipping this man knows a thing or two about. Good coffee. I'll just assume that because he's a cricket writer and I think he lives in parts of Sydney where there's a lot of good coffee shops. Pete Lawler joins us right now. If not good coffee, certainly good beer as well. I know, he's, I know he likes a good frothy as well. Peter, good morning. You, you, you know me scarily well. <laughs> I'm the complete uh, banker when it comes to coffee. Uh, got my little Aero press machine, my hey, special, hey. my special Breville uh, uh, kettle there that, that's good for the pour overs. Wow. Got a, a fantastic little single roast from Double Tap in Marrickville. <laughs> I'm a tragic. Wow, <laughs> coffee snob, Pete. Yeah. We need to sh- yeah. start up a coffee yeah, podcast. The Saturday morning, the Saturday morning coffee club. <laughs> Mate, and I'll tell you one thing, Nick Davis, you never get a good coffee in the Eastern Suburbs. No. I don't never. drink coffee, surprisingly. No. no. Imagine if I did. Oh, wow. There you go. Oh, well, that's why you. <laughs> you know, it's a diuretic. Enjoy, enjoy the beaches, I, mate. Imagine if yeah. I did. I haven't lived in the Eastern Suburbs. I'm a Shire boy, mate. Yeah. Shire boy. Shire, oh, Shire boy. boy. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Get it. Yeah. Red Bull. One hundred percent, Northeast staple. With or without the one, <laughs> they have it on tap at Northeast, don't they? Um, Peter, Justin Langer. Yes, yes. What mm. the hell is going on with Justin Langer? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. You can well ask yourself what what the hell's going on, and how the hell did we get ourselves? into this situation where the Australian cricket team is looks like a sort of uh, echo of federal parliament at the moment, doesn't it? Uh, I mean, there's no one running around calling Justin Langer a liar or suggesting he's an awful bloke, but there is a sense that uh, there's um, a group of people within the team who think his time's up. Um, I can't believe that they've let it linger and fester and get to this point when I say they, the administration. I mean, I'm not paid enough to know how to run these things, but I, I know enough to say that you have to deal with them early. And, you know, it should, if it was going to be dealt with now, why not straight after the ashes? It's just been abjectly cruel, I think, to Justin Langer. Um, not only that, Pat Cummins has lost skin in this game. Um, and these are two of the most valuable people in, in the Australian cricket uh, environment. Bill Justin, who has been such a loyal and devoted servant, the man who rescued you uh, post-Sandpapergate. You've got Pat, who's come in at the last minute uh, when when Tim's fallen over and done a brilliant job and is, is the kind of captain and uh, face that, you know, marketing department's not 
dream dream of. He's a once in a hundred year guy on that stuff. But they're both losing skin in this game. Um, I have a lot more uh, sympathy for JL's position because a poor fella, I mean, he hasn't seen his family since September. I think he's flying home to Perth today. Or that was the original plan where I hoping he has home quarantine, but you know, he'll snatch a couple snatch a bit of time with the kids. That's then... how much he's hating it. He's going, I'm going back to Perth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there is that. So, um, yeah, look, I, what, what's happening? This is my uh, strongest feel on this. I know nothing for certain, but I'm led to believe, and by reading the tea leaves as well, that they've offered him some form of an extension. I mean, we even know that from the uh, reports of the meeting last week that there was talk of, you know, deals, one year, two year, four year, whatever. Um, I don't think they should offer... If they're going to offer him anything, it should only be a two-year deal, I mm. think. Four years is too long. I, I actually think that you have a limited life expectancy as a coach. And and when I say limited life expectancy, perhaps there's a limit to the value you can, you can give back to the team. But uh, that's where we're at. And at the same time, over in the UK, they've just thrown out everybody. Lock, stock, and teardrop, really, haven't yeah. they? They've sacked Silverwood, they've sacked Thorpe. Um, Giles has gone as well. And I notice overnight that Andrew Strauss has stepped in to sort of um, help clean up the mess. He's been very positive of uh, Justin Langer and said, um, as he say, he brings an outside view. He could check and challenge, which was kind of uh, what he did when he came in four years ago to the Australian team, wasn't it? Yeah, Pete. I, I don't know if it would be, and you described Justin Langer perfectly before as just a, a servant and a warrior for Australian cricket. Is there a possibility he walks and takes the England coaching job before does he before Cricket Australia make a decision on him? I, if I was Justin, I'd walk, mm-hmm. and I almost think I, I think it's the right thing to do. I do too. I think, yeah, I think, look, my work here is done. It's obvious to me. Um, yeah, thanks for that sort of offer, CA, and for putting me in this position. But you know what? i got better things to do. My, my only concern is Justin is a unique person. It's what made him sort of uh, draw everything out of himself as a cricketer. You know, he was probably, I, I hope, I hope this isn't unfair, but I'd suggest he might have been the least talented batter in that lineup, that Australian lineup, but he held his own and um, and he held his place in the team and he had a great career. Um, but he's also the sort of and because he's the kind of guy who doesn't back down from a ch- challenge, he kind of doubles down on it, doesn't he? Uh, yeah. It makes him more determined. But yeah, I don't know. walk away, Renee. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Peter, what about the? The player side of it. So you mentioned before Pat Cummins, who was, you know, inadvertently kind of dragged into it by chance of having mm. what he's doing a great initiative is putting solar panel, trying to put solar panels on clubhouses around cricket grounds all around the country. Did it at Penrith through the week. It's his initiative that he's come up with. His management team as well has the press conference, <laughs> rocks up on the day where it's all going about Justin Langer. Of course, he's going to be asked about it. The whole thing gets uh, sidetracked. What Though at the heart of it, in terms of the players and the divide, we've heard these stories for so long. It's the New South Wales block who are not sure about Langer and player power and all of that. Where does that actually sit and how did it go in terms of bleeding into that meeting yesterday, the board meeting yesterday? Maybe I've lived in – I consider myself – well, 
depending on which way the argument's going, I consider myself a Victorian. But have it, maybe I've lived here too long. I'm cynical about this um, this view of a, a New South Wales mafia running Australian cricket, but I'm not stupid enough or naive enough to see that it, it, how it looks like that from the out, when you're on the outside. Yeah. But the, the, the simple facts are that New South Wales provide the bulk of cricketers to the Australian cricket team. But a lot of this dates back to some, you know, back on an administrative level when New South Wales was the only state that spoke up about David Peaver's chairmanship. They went one out, tapped the bloke on the shoulder and he left. Now, he did that that did every other state a favour because all of them were not, all of them were too weak to do anything. Uh, but ever since, you know, they've kind of oh, geez, they've got a lot of power, haven't they? And uh, and they're right to a degree. And naturally, if all four of your bowlers uh, live in New South Wales, came through the New South Wales system, they will all have, you know, generally you'd expect most of them to end up with a pretty close, close relationship. And there is a very close relationship uh, between that bowling group. And that's a great thing. That's a thing that should be celebrated. Um, you know, but who else is from New South Wales? David Warner. David Warner kind of lives in his own um, orbit. He's almost independent from the cricket group, um, very dependent on his family, um, massively respected for what he brings to cricket. But outside of cricket, I'm not sure that he's embedded in any of those groups. Steve Smith, somewhat similar, operates on his own terms. And yeah, bowlers and batters do, uh, sit, sit in separate parts of the bus. Yeah, uh, yeah. They don't operate as a crew. Uh, a lot of this is coming out of New South Wales because basically a lot of the cricket, a lot of that cricket team is based in New South Wales. Pete, I felt the the public sentiment toward and after the Tim Payne stuff that the, this Australian cricket team would sort of save face and turn things around back to the goal. And you heard Pat Cummings being referred to as the most important person in Australia in front of the Prime Minister, and the the the, the talk around the Australian cricket team had changed and the Ashes series was great and the the women's Ashes series, do you think this has just derailed the summer of cricket back to, oh, geez, it was really good, but this is just a real bad stain at the end of it? Yeah, look, you're absolutely, well, you're right, because we should be celebrating the achievements of, of both Australian cricket teams, the women winning the Ashes and the men winning, winning the Ashes and the, and the World T20 Cup yes. or whatever that thing is called. <laughs> uh, but this, is, this sucked the oxygen out of the room. Yep. Look, I, I can't see any difference between where Australian cricket's at at the moment where England's cricket's at, and that should not be so, should it? Because England, England cricket's results are miserable. And Australian cricket's are great. But that is why I probably started this conversation. So, you know... There had to be a better way. I cannot imagine a worse way of running this unless you put the buddy coach up for popular vote or something like that or, or ran a pre-selection or Twitter primary poll. campaign. <laughs> it does feel like the American primaries, doesn't it, where they were turning in on each other. Look, it, it'll skip out of this situation. A coach is a coach, but there is so much love for Justin Langer. The polls are unscientific, but I saw Damien Martin ran one on Twitter the other day and had thousands of respondents and the Telegraph ran one that I don't know how many respondents it had, but both had support for Langer, well over 80%. He is a much-loved character. And believe the players when they say that they love him. They do. Everyone is very fond of Justin and what he brings and his passion. 
But I think some, well, I think I know that senior people in the team have just said, but enough's enough, it's time to change. I don't know if you've ever felt that in a, in a football team, Nick. In a, have you ever been in that situation in a successful football team that uh, the coach uh, isn't right? No, and I was trying to think about that. If Justin Langan was the coach of an AFL and or NRL team and it, let's go, oh. the, the T20 World Cup was the nines and then won the mm. premiership after it, would mm. Ivan Cleary be in a position where he's <laughs> fighting for his job and having to Simon Goodwin, yeah, Simon Goodwin or anyone like that? It's yeah. it, it's and it's always fascinated me, Pete, with the cricket, the dynamic, oh, the team dynamic between player and coach, and where the yeah. the the NRL AFL where that sits with player and 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 coach, where the hierarchy sits. It's always been the captain of the cricket team is a step ahead of the the coach sort sort of thing. Yeah, that's where the analogy breaks down, isn't it? Because the coach of a, a cricket team is not what the coach of a football yeah. team is. And cricket is very different, Graham. And it's only in recent times that, that A, a coach has emerged. They've had coaches or prominent coaches. Uh, and B, coaches who actually run the game to a degree. When Langer took over, we dubbed him the most powerful coach uh, in the history of Australian cricket because he was given the team, he was given carte blanche to change everything by the administration and he took over the team at a point where the team didn't know what was what, whether it was Arthur or Martha and when Tim Payne had enough on his plate to sort of uh, say, yeah, JL, do whatever you have to do, mate, and I'll just try, I'll just do the best I can here. Uh, so his power grew immensely, and I don't think we've ever seen such a powerful coach in Australian cricket, maybe in, in world cricket. It kind of le- leads back to that Bob Simpson situation. It was interesting to see Mark Taylor say, you know, look, oh, you know, we, we, we didn't like Bob Simpson that much, but he made us a better team. I thought, yeah, you did. That's true, Mark. But when you became captain, the first thing you did was, sorry, Simo, it's probably time you moved, yeah. you know. <laughs> he, he removed Simo's power. He defanged him. Um, cricket's very much an individual's game. You know, when you're out there, you're on your own. When the team's out there, they're on their own. So uh, maybe it's time to shift back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Take a little bit of that power off the coaches. Yeah. Pete, probably one last one before we go. I'm looking forward to the wraparound season of the BBL starting next week. <laughs> oh, my God. Has it finished yet, Nick? Oh, hey, We're trying to do some uh, full ground drills on the SCG, and there's still the Sixers boys are still out there doing throwdowns. Can you get them off the field? <laughs> Stephen O'Keefe still limping in from the round weekends. Mate, um... Talk to a few players. Gee, I mean, it's extraordinary circumstances this year. They have been, you know, their their lives have just been chaos all year. A bit, I suppose, like the AFL two years ago. Um, and, and it finished with the harshest of biosecurity bubbles in Melbourne. But not only that, they put them in a harsh biosecurity bubble in Melbourne and made the New South Wales team play take seven flights or something like 13 flights, I don't know, and play... Um, games in every other state because they were a high yielding team so they didn't know what yeah those those they were like rats in a cage those people by the end of that tournament but i don't know i can't all the shine has gone off the bbl for me the novelty factor's well gone the star factor is non-existent they made that ridiculous decision around stephen smith 
that tournament really needs a big injection of vitamin B. I don't know what they're going to do to it, but they have to change it. Pete Lawler, really appreciate uh, your time this morning. Enjoy Look your forward coffee, to mate. Reading more uh, in the Australian. <laughs> Enjoy the the frothies in the afternoon, the coffee in the morning, uh, the podcast or that you've got versa. going. With sometimes Gideon I do that. Yeah. Sometimes vice versa is better. Mix it up. Frothies you know. in the morning and, and yeah. have a coffee to get yourself up in the oven. Really appreciate it, mate. Take care, fellas. Nice to chat. See ya. Pete Lawler there from uh, the Australian. Bring us up to date with the Justin Langer situation. Yenar's on the way. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. It's time for... Yeah, no. Nah. Yeah, no. Nah. No, yeah, no, yeah, no. Get rid of the middleman. Get rid of the, the middleman. Middle, middle management. Get rid straight of it. Straight to it. Don't stuff up the intro. Just get it to the bumper straight out of the break. Right. Yeah, no. Yeah? You want to go first? Yeah. After I... Yeah, no. Chumper chops. Last week. Outrageous. It's not the chuppa chup, the packaging of the chuppa chup. I think we need to get away. From, totally agree. <laughs> from that sort of business. Yeah. Anyway. It's impossible to open. It is impossible. And it's one of those things. That, mm. And they're for kids. No, I haven't. And me. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, no, this week is I'm driving a car up to a pedestrian crossing. Mm-hmm. And it's my, it's, I have to stop for people walking across. I'm narring people that don't give you the acknowledgement wave that, <laughs> yes, you stopped. <laughs> Thanks for not killing me. Thanks for not running me over. Yeah. But also, <laughs> I'm narring the people that don't increase their speed of walk across the... Okay. It's a double year now. It's a double year now. Unprecedented. You need like to... Like a four-leaf clover, this is. You need to, if you are a walker walking uh, across a pedestrian crossing, acknowledge the person. Uh, Thanks, mate. And increase yeah. your speed of don't, walk. No dawdle. Don't dawdle across. I've, I've actually <laughs> thought quite deeply about this topic before, Nick, because I live between three crossings. So on a day-to-day basis, I'm crossing between yep, four yep. times. I think if there's someone else who stopped the car, it's their duty to give the acknowledgement. But if you're the first one there and you stop the car, that's when you acknowledge. If someone's already walked by, acknowledged, mate, I'm secondary. They've already stopped. I don't need to wave to them. You don't want everyone walking across the crossing waving. This is a wave off. No, Just one person needs it. But how far? Okay, Adam, you're halfway across the crossing. Yeah. A gibbo, you're... Drawing a diagram. And you're, this is great radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is for my own little wheels and time, my own head working. So, Adam, you're across. I'll even give you, and I'll give you some hair. And, and then, Thanks, mate. And, well, I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help you. I noticed you put the hat on for today because we've got cameras in the studio. And then, Gibbo, you're, this is good for our, our social stuff. This is perfect. And then, Gibbo, <laughs> you're three metres away. How yeah. far away from the crossing do I need to be in my car to then not go in between you and Adam? Oh, t- far out. How many things do you want to bring up in the course of what one thing? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. No, yeah. So if Adam's across, no, no, Gibbo, and then you're coming secondary, yeah. you need to. You absolutely need to wave to if, me. Okay. If Adam is off the crossing before I get up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Stop laughing, Nick. It's not good for socials because we'll get it all on camera. <laughs> uh, yeah, if Adam's off, he's up. you've got to stop. I've got to acknowledge. If he is still on the crossing, mm-hmm. less than halfway across, then it's play on because that's majority. But you don't have to acknowledge. 
I don't yes, have to do. acknowledge yeah. that. No, no, no. no. You with, need to I'm speed up. Yes. Well, I'm you, with Nick. But you, you need don't... to speed up. <laughs> don't you point at me. <laughs> <laughs> Just wave at him. Anyway, <laughs> I agree. I agree. If you're holding the traffic up and you're secondary to the thing and yep. you're the reason why they can't go because you've still got to wave. A little wave. They're, they're obeying the law. Yep. little wave as well. And quicken up the step. Okay, so non-wavers on crossings. Yeah, no. Nah. No, yeah, no, nah, yeah, no. Nah. And we're up to the news now. <laughs> we'll be for the third hour. I've just got one quick one. Okay, go. Uh, give, uh, get the button ready. Washing up. Yeah, no. Nah. Hate it. Another one. Through the week. Aman Australia was on at three o'clock in the morning. I got up to watch it. So I had like two hours, three hours sleep. Had the all Daybreak. Bad mood. Socceroos yep. let slip a lead twice. Oh, they lost, did they? Yeah. No, no, Drew. They're not on a 15-game winning streak anymore. Bugger. <laughs> no, anyway. not. Uh, get to bed, back to bed about 6.30. The, left the window open because it was a rather warm morning. It was. It, it was. was. Muggy. It was. Moist. Muggy. And left the window open and 30, 7.30, the world's loudest whippersnipper. Oh. The world's loudest whippersnipper. Well, he's probably, you know what? This he was in the room with me. <laughs> Your neighbour has probably got his own radio show going. <laughs> At three o'clock in the morning, I was listening and some guy's yelling, shoot, shoot from next door <laughs> watching the soccer. Oh, man. And he's going, oh, I'm going to get this guy back. He's broken a bylaw. It's a bylaw. Before 8, p- 8 a.m., whippersnippering. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. Just don't do it to your fellow humans, okay? I've got one more. Word expert is used. It's just thrown around. <laughs> Can you give us who didn't deserve it? The people on maths. <laughs> <laughs> no one lasts, mate. We've got the experts to match people. Okay. <laughs> give me a percentage of things that you've got to get right to be an expert. What do you reckon? It's got to be in distinction levels in terms of oh, hey. in education. <laughs> I, was a, I was a junior sports athlete. I, do you think I got a distinction? Do you know what it I take? No, but you got a distinction in sport in terms of yeah. your ability. I kicked four goals in a row. Four out of four. That's 100%. That's a distinction. <laughs> That's a distinction. Yeah. It's, uh, it's one of those. What would you consider yourself an expert at? Me? Mm. So if you, we got Adam Peacock. Da-da-da, expert coming on a show or for your code sports. I'll give you a free plug. Sleep. <laughs> you can get that right every night? Every night. Fall asleep, if, no problem. Would you feel comfortable there, said Adam Peacock, soccer expert? Uh, I would say it. expert, I'd say journalist. Okay. See? Yeah. Tennis? Commentator. Commentator. Yeah. Not even journalist. A journalist. A journalist. Yeah. yeah. I'll stop there. Go on. I'll stop there. Go on. <laughs> I'll stop there before I get myself in trouble. You were going to say something about <laughs> hair, weren't you? Hair growth no, or something no. like that. Golf. Because I could go back to golf. golf. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly not an, not, expert. not an expert. No, I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree. It's, it's thrown around too much. So, yeah. Those people up, that are accepting the, the word of being called an expert. Yeah. Nah. I'm going to yeah, nah you for watching maths. Yeah, that's true. Why do you watch it? I was stuck on the couch. Yeah, but why? There's plenty of options. Why do you watch that I one? Was, I don't know. 
think I was the junk food of television. It was. I think I was eating a maxi bonnet. At the time. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the news. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut, or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. See what we're doing this morning, Nick, is uh, destroying destroying the rundown. Uh, it was meant to be around the socials. We'll get to that a bit later on. But um, I just, just had a thought. Turned four more pages of about Super Rugby. <laughs> On the rundown. <laughs> There's a lot of extensive research put in there by Gibbo. Thanks. Great questions, guys. Really. He yeah. He was. Hey, mowing. I, I, I did want, put the uh, I mowing. It, I want it. I want a, By the end of the year, I want a, is it a montage? Is it a, a, of just montage. A, a montage of just all of our guests saying, great question, Nick. <laughs> oh, that was a good question, Nick. Great question, Nick. I'd um, like, it'd be like six and a half minutes. Mentioned, Gibbo mentioned that he's off to a, a Bucks party, uh, Next week, but he's going to miss the start of it because he loves this show so much and putting it together. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> quite frankly, uh, we maybe could, we could do a we uh, an OB from the from the Bucks party. <laughs> yes, <can't we>? exactly. <laughs> but, but that it, means Gibbo would be here anyway, and we'd be there. So that's got me thinking idea. about how would you rank celebrations in order? What's the best and what's the worst? And what you would go to and what you would miss, or just what's the best? Just and what the worst? what like you go the, uh, the the partner or whatever says, oh, we're going to this, and it's like. Oh, yes. Or, oh, okay. oh no. Um, okay. Look, it's, it's not things like uh, an anniversary of Valentine's. That's that's one-on-one. Oh, every day, apparently. Yeah, exactly. On one. I've got six. Six? I've got six celebrations that I've ranked. At number six. Ascending. The yes. biggest eye roll of all time when you get told you're going to a golf day. Christening. Oh. <laughs> Christening. Yeah. It's good food though, christening, isn't oh, it? Yeah, but there's better options like there's have a kids, babies. Generally. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> Apologies to all the religious people out there. <laughs> On but in terms uh, of the, the old two C H, yeah. Apologies in if you're terms still listening. Of the actual celebration. I'm not having a go at, at being what they're actually doing. <laughs> being christened. I'm having a go at the actual gathering of people. To get and together what, and, and, and the pros and the cons of it. It's, if you're going to get christened, yeah, great, fantastic, go do it. But why do I have to go to my uncle's daughters that I've okay. met once? Let's, anyway. hope, let's hope five is better. Number five, engagement. It's the air, but it's not the It's the but it's not uh, It's the why, brother. It's like it's mm, very me, 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 the engagement yeah, party. You've yeah. done it. Why do you need a party for it? Actually... Seven. Seven. Baby shower. Uh, <laughs> if you're a bloke and you get invited uh, to a baby the, shower. No, eight. The <laughs> reveal. Oh, <laughs> yes. We're going to a baby shower. Oh, no. That, no, the, the reveal. <laughs> That's 80. It's not eight. That's 80. We're working in decent. It's a seven <laughs> and an 80, and there's nothing in between. Anyway, I, we digress. Number four. So we've got Christing at six, <laughs> and those other two you mentioned. Engagement at five. Number four, reunion. Yeah. Now there's a lot yeah, there's of a, a lot of grey area with yeah, a reunion because it can be one ripping night, evening, Absolutely. afternoon, morning as well, <laughs> or it can be one of the worst things you've ever gone to in your life. So that's why I put it at four because what's the worst? The school reunion. On average, reunions is reunion. more poor than. Oh, you've you've done that with your life, have you? Okay, yeah, good, good for you. What do you do? <laughs> Okay, cool. Yeah, no worries. 
and then you just end up talking about what happened at school and it's like, oh, yeah. what's the point? Anyway, uh, number three, birthday party. Just stock standard in the middle there. Again, can be good, can be, you know, I'm sure you've been to the odd 40th, It 30th, depends on the person, 18th, doesn't it? 21st, it does. Okay. It does. If you go, we're going to da da it's birthday, you're, that's, you're either fist pumping or, uh, this is going to be a cracker, isn't it? <laughs> There's one jumped out at you. And then you go, oh, who's coming? And then you start doing the math in your head going, if I'm going, oh, they're going to be there, great. Does, uh, does one jump out at you? No, no. In terms of I'm not that birthday. social. Birthday parties? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you obviously have a select group that you know when they're hosting a party. Yeah. Clear your schedule, clear your next few days. <laughs> Absolutely. Because it's on. Clear the decks. Clear the decks. Absolutely. I, if you don't know as many people, I'll drive. That's cool. 10.30. Come on, let's go. Uh, he's, Got work in the morning. Premier League's starting. That's the one. Yeah, I mean, you, oh, am I going to drive to this one? That's the one. Am I going to drive to this party or am I going to... You know, if you Uber there, you're like, oh, this is going to be a little <laughs> <laughs> Expectation. So you get there and you have your first couple and you're like, you get to that limit and you're like, this is either going to kick off or I'm going to drive home. Surely. It, you- and you try and find the person that's got their phone on the side because they're mm. either watching races or some sort of sport. You sidle up to them if you don't know anybody. Yeah. Well, See, there's good. always an ulterior motive with the I'll drive mentality because it's, I know for next time, so and so's birthday's on the calendar. You're banking. I'm not it. driving to that. You're banking it. So let's. I'll, I'll give and take. Yeah. And are you in charge of leaving time? If you're the driver yep. home. Yeah, yeah. You you you've got the definitive call on it. Well, I'm going. Yeah. Well, I've got to go. Work tomorrow. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, got you. But you need to babysitter for those who have. If you I've been a fair few times in the passenger seat, getting driven home from parties. Or you, to work from parties. Exactly right. And you're saying to that driver, mate, <laughs> you promised me 1 a.m. You promised me. It's 10.30 yeah. now. You're saying you'll want to go home because the party's not up to your standards. You said 1 a.m. And I'm, I'm staying here to 1 a.m. And you yeah. were driving me home. See, so you don't go into a prenup you don't go with into times. A prenup yeah. with times. That's poor form. You do not. <laughs> nah, nah, avoid. Two, wedding. Generally speaking, you're there. You know, you, you're not. You get swept up in it. You get swept up in it. And if it's no good, you just rip into the free grog. <laughs> dry bar. Drink responsibly, of dry course. Bar. Dry bar. Dry bar. Wow. Uh, have you ever been to a dry bar wedding? Nope. No? Yeah. Okay. I'm sure they happen. I'm but sure they happen. Yeah. Weddings should be it. But number one, absolute number one gold standard, bucks parties or hens parties for those that go to hens parties. Or both. <laughs> <laughs> the only downside I would say about a bucks party would be if there has been some kind of prenup organised uh, that the bucks and the hens a meet up join up. No, Ben. Well, then that strikes out number three, the wedding. Well, yeah, that's what the wedding's for. <laughs> well, that's why I'm not going to the wedding. If, if there's a meet up of the hens and the bucks, so then I'm just brushing the wedding. We're already at it. We may as well just get married now, you two. Well, you, Idiots. If you come up with some form of regret out of that meeting of the hens and the bucks, that means that you don't want to go to the wedding. <laughs> You're entering into a real rocker relationship. <laughs> Going back into the vortex, exactly. So to speak. Yeah, I, the Bucks party. I, um, I had a great Bucks. I spun. We had our own roulette wheel. We had my Bucks party in Vanuatu, <laughs> and we're out at Ricky Island at the at the casino there. And the guys like, we'll have someone there to watch the roulette, and you guys can spin your own roulette. And we played our own roulette. Mark says, "What about the Christmas party? Number one. Uh, what?" Number, number one, one Christmas, party, party. Christmas parties. Oh, uh, Christmas parties. Christmas parties. Yeah, Christmas party. Mark, that's a t-shirt.
Well done, Mark. That's a t-shirt. Mark Christmas says, parties are still happening from two years ago because they got <laughs> wiped out with COVID. So much to look forward to. Mark, t-shirt. Well done. There you go. Ten minutes of talking about rankings of parties. Brought Great to you radio. by Waffle House. <laughs> On the Mowers Club. Thanks to Toro Mowers. Back in a moment with our third hour. Lord Tristiano Mullahan is on the way. And also, we're going to catch up with Di Milstead, the Australian Ride on Lawnmower Racing Association. Mowers, start your engines. It's the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Again. It's fine. It's the greatest intro ever. The one we used at the top of the show, maybe it was the coffee I just drank. There you go. I don't know. You're drinking a lot of water this morning, Nick. Thirsty. Yeah. Water? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. You don't do, I can't believe you don't drink coffee. Nope. Why? I don't like the taste of it. Okay. Good reason. Now. We haven't. The third hour. The third hour. So uh, thanks to topsport.com. Well, Thank you. you. <laughs> Again, there's a, free, there's a T-shirt for anyone that's, uh, what's the over-under today, you think, for topsport.com.au mentions? That's two. Yeah, I reckon you'll get to like 18 18? Hour. Well, let's yeah. see. And if anyone's counting up by the end of the uh, of the last hour here, the third hour, well, there'll be a free T-shirt. Tristian, uh, Tristiano Merlihan, nearly called him Ronaldo then, uh, will join us a bit later on. From topsport.com.au. Tristan Merlihan from topsport.com.au will join us. But right now, waiting patiently on the line, listening to this royal jibber that we've opened up this third hour with, is the president of the Australian Ride on Lawnmower Racing Association. Joining us on the Mowers Club, it's a big, big welcome to Di Milstead. How are you, Di? Good morning, gentlemen. I'm well. How are you? Wonderful. Is president, is that uh, elected, appointed, self-appointed? How do you Mm. become the president of the Australian Ride-On Lawnmower Association? No, it's all very much above board, being elected and have have been for the last 20-odd years. Wow. Unopposed or there's been a few challenges? Like the Robert Menzies of lawnmowing. There's been a few... Few few challenges, but the cream always rises. To you haven't had top. people texting saying that they don't like you and mm. all that sort of scandal that's happening in politics. In the oh, in look, the... no doubt there's scandal, but I don't know about it. Just the way I like it. There, there's been no insurrection with right on lawnmowers driving into the headquarters and trying to overthrow the government or anything like that on January six. Yeah, look, um, not as far as I know, but who knows what the future holds. In all seriousness, Di, the the uh, the ride on lawnmower racing association. Tell us more about more about it. Well, we've been around for a little bit over thirty years now. Started in a little town called Harrietville, which is in the high country in Victoria. A couple of blokes thought it'd be funny to um, take the motors out of their mowers and push them up to the top of the hill and see who got down to the bottom the quickest and hence the sport was born. How good. Was there any... What um... level are these mowers on? Are they on the lowest level or are they on level five? What sort of sort of friction level are we, are we going with here? So, well, I suppose it depends which way you look at it. We, um, we top out at 450 cc's because we do modify our machines a little bit. So um, most of our guys are actually running motorbike engines yeah. in their mowers. So we're looking at speeds in excess of 100 kilometres yeah. an hour when we get a good open straight. I'm writing all this down. From my, uh, <laughs> my entry into the... Is this like a bit... The, the, the ride-on mowers that are used in these, these racing, is this a bit like saying, 
the you can't drive a Formula One car down to the shops to get some milk type thing. Can you use these in every day? Can you mow lawn with these? with these mowers? Or are they just finely tuned machines specifically for racing? No, they they very much are racing machines. So there's you know, we still retain the look of the original mower, but anything that's used to cut grass is well and truly removed. It's a bit of a safety issue otherwise. That's like generally my mowing on a Saturday. I just go out there and push the mower around. I don't cut the grass. I just want to be away from everybody. I have it up on level five. Looks like I'm cutting grass. Pretend to empty the catcher and away you go. <laughs> what um, What's the circuit like then? How many races do you have? And uh, yeah, where are they held? So our association in particular, we race all over Victoria and New South Wales. Um, and the, the circuits actually vary depending on the space and the particular event that we're running. Um, we've got one coming up in Cobram in Victoria over the long weekend in March, and that's quite a tight little track, so it's really testing out the driver's skills um, in that respect. But then we're also um, we're lucky enough to be hosting the Australian titles in Forbes in New South Wales in the um, early May, right. where we're going to be having a really wide open track where it's very much about speed and That's skill. Me. So it'll be great. So uh, with these tracks, it's a bit like, I don't know, I'll, I'll liken it to horse racing. You've got Mooney Valley, which is a totally different shape to, say, a Flemington, which is just around the corner. So you've got these different styles of tracks. Am I right? Yeah, very, very much so. What's the so like? We we rarely race on the same track twice. What's the what's the gold standard like royal track that everyone loves more than everything? Um, look, Cobram's probably right up there, but we're all very excited. We did have a meet in Forbes last year, and for the first time, got to check that track out, and it certainly created quite a buzz amongst the um, my racing community. It's it's shaping up, I think, to be one of the top ones in, in probably in the country. I'd say Yamba in Queensland at the moment is up there of one of the top ones. It's certainly one that everyone aspires to get out to. Di, how many competitors are you looking at for a race meet? Are there heats and finals? What does a race day look like? Yeah, so we do break them into heats and finals. So in our particular club, we have four, um, four classes from juniors up to A class, and they run four lots of heats, and then we have a final Depending on time, we might run an all-in, but I try to get away from that because that's when we look at getting as many mowers on the track at once, and sometimes there's carnage. So, well, carnage is not a bad a thing of, in life. Like is the Winter it, Olympics, a little bit of carnage around <laughs> a couple it's, of stacks. It's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, like, how many well, how from, many mowers can you have on? From a spectator's point of view, yeah, exactly. Um, look, ordinarily a, a heat and final will run anywhere between four and six competitors on the track. Otherwise, for the all-in, we can have anywhere up to twenty. I'm distracted. <laughs> You're distracted. You're writing all this down. I am writing yeah. it down. Di, I'm not kidding. Nick is writing all this down. Um, <laughs> He's fascinated I'm, by this whole thing. Like, well, so, I'm actually a school teacher in my in my other life, so there will be a quiz after this. <laughs> so make sure you write solid notes. Oh, How young are the kids that get on? Yes. And, get on these this models. is my youngest competitor because I'm going to start low and beat up on the little kids <laughs> and then take on the elite lawn mowing uh, association races. Our youngest racer has been five. Five? Oh, surely I can beat a five-year-old five on a lawnmower. God, my oldest is 16. So he doesn't go anywhere near a mower. It's a little bit different. It's, it's a little different because they're, they're capped at 110, so they're usually posty bike motors that are put into the machines, and they're very much a standard, so you can't really bore them out and have incredible speeds for the junior class. It's just a great chance for them to learn some skills, get out on the track, 
learn a bit of sportsmanship and get ready to jump into the senior grades in, in time. With, go back to that you mentioned earlier, so that the average speeds around a, around a race, like around a lap, what would it be? Average speed, depending on the, the probably the width of the track, because it enables um, the guys and girls to pass each other, 65, 70 k's. <laughs> But when they open them up on a big straight, if we've got a good straight, you can see speeds of in excess of 100 k's an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Who's the big name out there? Who do I, if I'm aspiring to be Australia's greatest ride on lawnmower racer, who out there? Who's the doyen? Who's the doyen? Well, he may actually be listening. Our current Australian um, champion is Trav Rithy. He lives Trav, in a little town Marindilla. You, you might know him. I'm coming for you, Trav. I'm coming for you, Toro. <laughs> He's pretty competitive, so be ready. I'm coming for you, Trav. He's going to wipe the floor oh, with you, Dave. He's not. Not when I get my Toro out there. <laughs> My friend. Di, he's, he's no hope, is he? My little co-host in here reckons he's a hope. He's no hope against a guy like that, surely. Look, we do have a standard class, which That's we right. consider to sort of be a beginner's you. class. So you're Thank welcome you, to Di. jump in there, mate, and see how you go. Thank you, Di. You, you're on my lead. Okay, Di, now I just want to digress a little bit. My great mate here, Nathan, has told you're you're an Essendon supporter, so you're, you're, you're used to being in that standard middle class. Um, how do you think the Bombers are going to go this year? Look, I'm I'm a great believer. I do have um, the red and black blood in my veins, so I think we're certainly up there as a possibility for the Premiership, mate. Oh, I reckon if you oh, race, Di's going to organise. run me off the track. We'll see that you've got blood as well <laughs> everywhere after that comment. Disgraceful. I'm um, going home to watch Talladega ha- Nights. How's your lawn, Di? Look, I, I have to admit I am actually a an, an long-time lawn porn addict. Um, my, my lawn's particularly lovely, but the poor sad thing for me is I have to use a push mower. I don't even have a ride on, so oh, no. I luck out a bit there. Get on to toro.com.au and they'll have a bit of a peruse there, Di. <laughs> exactly. To get you a ride on. What's your overriding philosophy with keeping your lawn yes. looking as good as it can? Um, well, because I live in a tiny little town out in the middle of Victoria that gets very little rainfall, is pump as much water onto that bad boy as you can. Good idea. Good idea. It needs a bit of moisture, uh, a bit of life from above or out of the hose. So, yeah, good point. Um, I really appreciate you coming on and explaining more about the Australian Ride On Lawnmower Racing Association. You've been a president and you've been at the forefront of the organisation for a very long time. And we really appreciate your time this morning on the Mowers Club. No worries, guys. Take care and check us out on Facebook. Will do. Check it out on Thank Facebook. You, yeah, the Australian Ride Go On Bombers. Lawnmower Racing Association. Having, having a look before, and they rip around those tracks. So it's some um, good fun watch. So, yeah, thank you to Di Milstead joining us. Uh, you're with the Mowers Club. Thanks to Toro Mowers, powered by 100 Years of Innovation. Back in a moment. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut, or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Welcome back. Breaking news. I already broke hard it. Hitting, I broke it. Hard-hitting show that we are. Justin Langer's resigned. As... He's a listener. He's a mower. He's a listener. <laughs> he just thought He I... was umming and ahhing, and he heard that I asked great questions and then thought, you know what? I'm going to take Nick's advice here and walk. Yeah, so he's... And uh, mow his lawn. 
for the rest of the day. Mow his lawn. No, he's uh, yeah, he's resigned effective immediately so after the meeting yesterday. So good on him. We'll we'll have more on that later in the show. The people that know they're talking about exactly. <laughs> we'll ask questions. Hopefully, good questions of people well, that's that what know I do. what they're talking about. That's all you do sometimes. Uh, joining us right now, Lord Tristan Merlihan of topsport.com.au fame and, uh, of course, home of the best multis, Top Sport. Uh, download the Top Sport app today. Gamble responsibly, of course. Tristiano, how are you? Very good, boys. Very good. Yeah, breaking news, isn't it? Big news on a Saturday morning. So, um, yes, yeah, we'll see yes. who the uh, new coach is and, um, yeah, we'll see if he can replicate the results the boys have achieved recently. Tell you what, last week... Um, about our bets, thinking selfishly, uh, oh. with our, we were a little a shade unlucky. Did you say with Medvedev? I had the tennis going, I had Rory going in, I had the split screen happening. I was, and then he hit it into the trees, and it was, oh. <laughs> so that was the last leg of mixed uh, multi that Medvedev yeah, win. I had Medvedev three two. Do you want to know a bit of bad news, Adam? What? I got a text message from Nick at 2-all here. We could get the lot. (laughs) That's not true. That's not true. (laughs) I quit. That's not true. He's walking out. Far out. That's not true. Why did you do that? Never let the truth get in the way of a good story. I tell you what, though, when uh, Ash Barty had the wobbles up there in the second set, I was like, she was always going to win. There was a text message sent Tristan go, uh oh, what have I done? I've gotten her beaten. But we did nearly get the lot. But we didn't because of that text. I didn't send it. You're righto. <laughs> righto. Anyway, we move on. Let's get to this week, uh, shall we? Here we go, Gibbo. Now, on the Saturday Morning Mowers Club, it's time for Nick's Stupid Multi. What are you, stupid? What's the matter with you? Are you stupid or something? I'm as stupid as a stupid does. Are you crazy? I'm just plain stupid. Are you stupid or something? Stupid as a stupid does, sir. Well, it wasn't too stupid because we got to collect. We ended up getting a collect last week because I went Ash and Rafa. So we got a collect. Very smart, actually. Yeah, well, there you go. There's, uh, Forgot about that. Yep. Uh, broken clock right twice a day. Um, but anyway, been inundated with texts that I haven't been giving the world game enough love on my stupid multi. So this week I'm going exclusively in the A-League, Tristan. So the hold here with my stupid multi will probably double the uh, hold that you have on the A-League that's <laughs> starting this weekend. Uh, Western Sydney Wanderers and Western United, they play tonight. Uh, I'm going to go for a draw because that's just when really what happens in soccer. They draw. So I told him to avoid this, I'll by the way. I wouldn't have bet in that match. Well, that's, that's why I'm going for a draw, and that's why it's stupid. So I'm going to take a draw. Um, and then in the Wellington Phoenix and the MacArthur FC game, I'm going to take MacArthur for no reason uh-huh. at all. Wellington haven't won in a while, so that's a good reason for that. And then also on Sunday in the uh, in the late game, uh, Melbourne City versus Perth Glory. That Avoid. Perth, Perth Glory have postponed. been... Postponed. Oh, what do you mean it's postponed? Or if I put it in, then I get it. What do you mean it's postponed? Postponed. COVID. Perth. Oh, Tristan, can you update that, please? <laughs> mm, I'll make sure I tell the boys about that one, yes. Okay, update the app there at uh, topsport.com.au. Uh, so I'll just go the first two. I'll go the draw uh, at $3.35 in the Western Sydney Wanderers and Western United and Wellington Phoenix and MacArthur. I'll take $2.35 MacArthur. Have you got one to add in? $7.90. $7.90. Yeah, well, that's a pretty good price. Yeah. That's good. Are you happy with that? Yeah, it's fine. On fine. the nose or each way? 
<laughs> uh, and my bet. Get uh, your red pens out, people. Cancer Council. Uh, it comes early. It'll. Uh, I'll be listening in the in the car on the way home. The race one at Randwick. Uh, the three spacewalk for James Cummins. Good often horse. Two-year-old race. Yes, six dollars. Six dollars fifty at the moment. A bit of a bit of support for it actually. So um, yeah, we'll put that on, and I'll have to ask the obligatory question each way on the nose. Adam. <laughs> <laughs> on, the, on the nostril, please, I Tristan. Love that. I love that. But Tristan, there is a, a big day of racing at Ramwick. Uh, the English Millennium. Uh, English has shot at their own uh, big race there. Uh, the two-year-olds going at it. Yeah, they are, and there's been a big go in that race. Uh, number number six, Boldinho. Uh, $11 into $5.50 being very, very well supported. It's um, it, It's been well back. The one that's our worst way, though, which we've got a lot of best of the best money, is Paris Dior. It's $4.40, still a favourite. Hasn't seen quite the support in the fluctuations, but I think that means there's going to be a big push late for it. So if you like that one now, maybe jump on at the fixed price because I reckon come race day or race time, that's going to be a bit shorter. Um, but, yeah, good race. A good racing uh, in a few different states today. We've got the, uh, in, we've got the Eskimo Prince Stakes as mm. well. In um in Randwick too, where Polili is two fifty into two twenty five. Interesting so one there, Tristan, been... because I ask good questions, and when I ask this question for you to be on the snippets later on in the year, you need to say good question, Nick. Polili there, written by <laughs> Kieran McAvoy, was exclusively or majority written by James McDonald in the spring, and James McDonald turns up on number eleven Ranch Hand. Anything there? That- that is a really good question, actually, Nick. But um, I would suggest uh, probably his loyalty to Chris Waller might uh, might be the uh, the reason there. But yeah, it's it's certainly one to look at. The ranch hand's been well supported, so seven fifty into five dollars. So see if that move continues to happen. It is the big race. So as we touched on a couple of weeks ago, that push in about that half an hour zone's been very very accurate. So if you have a look at who they're coming for in about half an hour before the race. Uh, we'll see where the money comes. But, yeah, maybe J-Mac um, is jumping onto one that he thinks is going to be a uh, very big contender over the autumn. Uh, Caulfield uh, down in Melbourne, some uh, good racing down there as well. Yeah, it is. And, and we, we did have the, the dual acceptor there in, or a couple of dual acceptors in the Manfred Stakes. So that field's been cut apart a little bit. It's down to a five-horse field. But we've got Generation, a $1.85 favourite, unflinching $2.60. So they look like they're the ones that are going to be battling it out in, in, the, in the feature there. The one that the money's been coming for at our end has been on my computer, um, battles to wake up. Yeah, number two generation. It's easily the, the best go at our end. So the one down the bottom, though, Craig Williams on board, Linus Legend, uh, it's first up. So I, I think it's some little chance to cause a boil over. Doombin up in uh, your neck of the woods. They're going to run a, uh, a leg of the uh, America's Cup up there. It's been raining that much. <laughs> it has been. It's been uh, been very, very wet. So it doesn't happen too much here in Queensland. but it's certainly, As long as it does uh, next week when damp. I'm up there playing golf, mate. Uh, I've heard you need all the help you can get on the putting green, so that might uh, that might assist. Not when gimmies, mate. Gimmies. They're called gimmies. I love it when someone else sledges you. They're called gimmies. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, Tristan. Um, oh, just updating listeners as well. We will get to it uh, shortly. Justin Lang resigning as uh, head coach of the Australian cricket team. But uh, further afield, um, sport-wise, it's it's a relatively quieter. Weekend, I'm guessing. And Winter um, Olympics, winter. Lord, so Tristan, any 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 interest there in the Winter Olympics? 
there, there, I would say that's a good question. That's a terrible question because I'm very unprepared for Winter Olympics discussions. But um, <laughs> the boys have put a lot of work into it and it certainly isn't my strong suit. But the uh, the snowboarding is always a key one for Aussie fans with Scotty James, the $4 second pick. Uh, Hirono is the is the favourite from Japan. There's three Japanese competitors in the top four, but hopefully Scotty can get the job done. Valentino Gazzali also at $21 is a big chance. So looking at the the medal specials, though, is always a good one for Aussie fans. So if we think the Aussies can get two medals, two gold medals or more, you can get a dollar eighty. Or if you think we're going to have a barren run, it's two dollars about it under one and a half, which would be very unpatriotic. Uh, and then the total medals for the Aussies of any colour. Five or more is two dollars twelve or a dollar seventy under. So we're expected to get a couple of gold, but maybe not that many of the other colour. I know it's not the massive price that's going to change your life, but I'd be all over that dollar eighty. Two or more gold medals. More. Two or more. Two or more. Two or more. more. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Scotty James, no, Dakara Anthony. Um, two that spring and then hopefully the rest of the field fall down and we get another one. <laughs> we, get the, we get another one somehow. Um, FFA Cup final tonight. Uh, hey. Tristan, back to football. Uh, Melbourne victory taking on Central Coast Mariners. Great oh, I could competition. Have put this in the multi. I didn't know. Why didn't well, you, you wouldn't me? get me. You said seven nine. Uh, anyway. Sometimes you talk, but don't stop talking to give the other person a chance to talk. Anyway, it's my show. FFA Cup. FFA Cup, yeah, it's two dollars Melbourne victory, three fifty five Central Coast Mariners and three sixty to draw. Two and a half goals, very even. Dollar ninety, take your pick. So yeah, really good game tonight. It's it's been a pretty good tournament that one. There's um I've had a bit of interest looking at a few of the games up here on the Gold Coast in the earlier rounds. So um yeah, good to see a couple of the, the high profile teams into the final and I think it's been a success to competition. Uh, and Lord Probably last one for me because Adam's yelling at me. Uh, Super Bowl <laughs> in uh, in a little over a week's time. The Los Angeles Rams a dollar fifty against the Cincinnati Bengals, who have run the table through these playoffs at two dollars sixty six. They have, and there's been a big push in the last probably forty eight hours for the Bengals. They got out as high as two dollars seventy five. They're into two sixty six now, which is a pretty big move in a big game like this. The Rams have gone from a dollar forty five out to a dollar fifty. I do get the feeling though that that might be on the back of people crushing out of their Rams Super Bowl Multies. tickets. Uh, yeah. The line's gone from four and a half into four, and I think uh, they were they were our worst worst result for a, by a long margin. The Rams, so I think there's probably people taking the plus four and a half to give themselves a split. So it'll be interesting what happens this time next week if it's a move back. Keep an eye out on topsport.com.au app. I'm sure the boys will have a multitude of uh, options to bet on this and one that the Moving the Chains boys love. And we have collected absolutely every year on this, the length, the time of the U.S. national anthem. Uh, Tristan, what price is that going to go up, do you think? Or what time? Yeah, <laughs> it will go up. Uh, and what time and what Price it will it will go up about this time next uh, not this time next week it will go up in the next couple of days our crew are just doing all of the form as well we're we're listening to all of the anthems from all the big events <laughs> over the last twelve months so it takes a little bit of time to set this one but it'll be up probably Wednesday and yeah it's, it's always a very popular market that and the colour of the Gatorade and yep. as you say plenty of markets myriads the word I prefer to use and it, they'll, they'll be all up uh, probably in the next two or three days and it's yeah one of, one of our biggest betting events of the year myriads a good word plethora but what happened last year Adam and listeners was. There was a man standing outside of the stadium listening to the rehearsal of said (laughs) 
with a stopwatch. With his <laughs> iPhone stopwatch, and it went. It was a dollar eighty into a dollar ten, and saluted the overs because I think it was over under a, a minute twenty, and his clock stopped it at a minute thirty one. It was Tristan. Mate, it was a massive go, wasn't it? You got to you got to close it, it the market. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to get that same bloke to just maybe start his recording ten seconds later this time around, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we might be able to hold a bit of the cash. You you got to close the market before the rehearsal this time around, surely, <laughs> surely. Anyway, yeah. uh, Tristan, have a good day. Thank you for joining us once again. Have a, and the best uh, no guest and, we'll speak and next week. No, we won't, mate. I will see you next week. Oh, yes. No, very much looking forward to that. It's going to be a big big few days, and yes, hopefully the yeah. weather's nice and uh, nice and dry for the uh, for the big golf tournament. Tristan and I might be no shows on Saturday morning, unfortunately. <laughs> The Adam and Gibbo show hey. has a ring to it, doesn't it? Give and pay. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, Tristan, thank you. And uh, See you soon, Lord. You'll see, you'll see Nicholas next week. Take care of him up there, will you? I've got a T-shirt for you. <laughs> oh, can hardly wait. Looking forward to it. I'll see you next week. <laughs> Back in a moment, and we'll uh, chat more about the Justin Langer situation on the Mowers Club. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Hard-hitting journalistic standards we have here at SEN on the Saturday Morning Mowers Club as I sit here in my Richie Richardson, Keith Arthurton hat and you sit there in your Mowers Club red shirt that you can see from another suburb. But in all seriousness, this morning the huge news is that Justin Langer has resigned as head coach of the Australian cricket team. So he's walked. Was he pushed? Well, it's hard to define. There's going to be all kinds of stories written in the next couple of days. And uh, one man who's going to do a bit of it for Code Sports, sorry to overload your weekend here, uh, Dan Churney, but uh, I dare say you're all across it and you'll have the inside word on what exactly has gone on. Thank you for joining us at short notice, mate. Um, what has changed in the last 12 hours to walk away and think about it, changing to I'm just going to walk from Justin Langer's perspective? Yeah, morning, Adam, Adam and Nick. Uh, look, it's still a little bit unclear as to exactly what the uh, contract offer was from, or the, the, the offer was for Cricket Australia to Justin Langer uh, following uh, the CA board meeting. But clearly, um, Langer was pushing, believed he deserved a long-term extension, which was probably never going to be forthcoming. Um, now, it sounds like, given he, he has resigned, that uh, there was um, a short-term offer on the table, but I, I, that, that is unconfirmed at this stage. I, uh, I've got to stress that, um, but clearly Langer didn't feel as though um, that would be suitable. Uh, he felt he feels as though he's a long-term coach, the man for um, to, to do yeah you know, to, to, to the gig for at least three or four more years, possibly even longer. Mm. Uh, and as it stands, Cricket Australia were just in, we're never going to offer him that, given the, the situation with the dressing room. Uh, so Langer has decided to resign. Um, yeah, there, uh, we, we had Nick Hockley's statement last night about entering into confidential um, discussions with him following a board meeting. Um, but uh, no, look, a momentous day. Uh, probably a relief in some respects uh, for, for everyone in the community, whether you like the decision or not, um, whether you like how it's ended or not. Uh, it's, it's been such a long saga. It really has run for over a year now since the reports first emerged yeah. of discontent in the dressing room. Um, it's been a very messy, you know, messy situation, and um, finally, I suppose a full stop on it. 
We had a text early in the show, Murph from Coltrim, saying, when are the investigative journalists going to come out and name the players undermining JL? Do you think now that he's walked, how much of it is now of these confidential uh, meetings, how much of this is going to surface? And do you think that um, it'll all be laid out on the table? Yeah, it's a good question. Look, I think, I mean, look, it, it is tricky um, for, for a journalistic perspective, um, not just speaking about myself here, but um, you know, there have been a lot of journos who have done very, you know, done excellent um, jobs with this story. And, and uh, it is difficult when you're sort of being fed by anonymous sources that sort of sometimes you, you, you need to be, you know, well, ultimately you, you need to protect them. That's just the way journalism works. But look, I think we've seen at some level, um, it's sort of, we, we, we do know to an extent who, who the players were. Um, I mean, we know clearly Pat Cummins is, you know, is a central figure in this. Um, now, whether he was the initial player to, to raise issues, whether he was just one of several players to raise issues initially, um, he, he, he has issues with Justin Langer, uh, clearly. Um, otherwise, he would have backed him uh, you know, unequivocally. Uh, and, and we know that we had that emer- the, the, those emergency meetings last year in August with, with himself and Aaron Finch and Tim Payne, and it sounded like certainly Cummins, perhaps Finch and probably to a lesser extent Payne, were all happy enough at that stage to see him move on. Um, it sounds like a lot of the New South Wales senior core, um, you know, we're, we're pretty keen to see um, Justin Langer move on. But look, my, my, my read of it is, it, look, my, my view is that it's actually almost how many players didn't have issues with Justin Langer. I, I think it, it was, you know, people will say that it was only a small part of the dressing room. Um, very, very few players, you know, I, you, you, it, you really struggle to find guys who really like Justin Langer as a coach and really wanted him to go on. So I think it was overwhelming majority um, mm. is, is my read on it to very to varying degrees of sick of him. But I think broadly speaking, um, I don't think be too, put it this way. I don't think there'll be too many players in the Australian dressing room tonight who'll be devastated. Both uh, in the red ball and white ball, white ball teams that don't want him to that we're devastated with this news, you know, to, to be frank. Yeah, to be uh, interesting on Twitter, uh, James Henderson, uh, Langer's agent. Uh, as a player, Justin retired on top after a 5-0 Ashes whitewash. Today, despite the views of a faceless few, he finishes his time as Australian cricket coach, winning the T20 World Cup in the Ashes. Lest we forget what JL took over in 2018. I don't particularly agree with the, uh, the use of the words, lest we forget. But apart from that, the sentiment is pretty strong right there. I get the feeling that he's walked away um, perfectly. He's just kind of smoke-bombed it and left. His reputation, tell me if I'm wrong here, Dan, couldn't be any better right now, Justin Lang, as opposed to six months ago. So he walks away in a position of absolute power, which leaves the door open to take a job somewhere and then eventually, if there's a different playing group or a different board, come back to Australian cricket with the guy, known as the guy who did what he's done in the last six months rather than the troubles of, that, that came before. Yeah, it's, it's, I think in the court of public opinion, he's in a very good position at the moment, Justin Langer. Um, and you're right when you have, you know, the results have gone perfectly for him. Uh, you know, to, to the extent that he's actually been at the forefront of that is um, certainly up to debate. But um, I think his backers, uh, his management, he has done very well at positioning this. Um, and because of the absence of you know, it, because they're very, because the you know, you know James Henderson is right. They are faceless. I'm not sure how few they are, but certainly they are faceless. But 
um, that have been that have sort of ultimately led to his toppling. Um, it's been um, it, it, it's harder to pin down the, the the specifics of the issue with the issues with Justin Langer. So for, at least for the, in, in the for those um, you know for those in the public. So if you're a average Joe on the street who sees all these former greats saying, you know, at face value, how could you argue with what he's done with all these former greats going into bat for him? Uh, with his, and so, yeah, you're right. I think he has positioned himself very well from a legacy perspective. Um, and that's why there were actually a lot of people who were saying it was a good time to go out anyway um, and to sort of resign before it got to this whole fight, you know, to, to, to call time on it before it even went to the CA to leave, take the decision out of their hands, um, which is certainly a, a reasonable argument. But um, look, that's not who Justin Langer is, uh, never has been. He's a fighter. Um, that's the, the fighting qualities that we sort of respect and, and have made him you know, a, a great um, of Australian cricket, uh, the same fighting qualities that probably um, led him to, to not give in um, this time. Well, having said that, he has resigned. So um, you could argue the counter-argument there is that if he... You know, if he'd chosen to keep fighting, um, maybe he could have. You know, I, I, look, it, it, it will come out in the wash the particulars whether there was a short-term contract on the table or not. I think that's critical. If he has turned down a short-term contract, that I think that's very interesting, and that actually changes the debate. If he, if he wasn't going to be offered a new deal, like well, I could completely understand the resignation right now. But I think, in, you know, really, this saga was not. If, if there had been a short-term contract, that would have just kicked it down the can further. I know that it was a lot of cricket coming up, but. Now, they lose one or two tests in Pakistan, which very easily happened, and the issues would have been um, would have risen back to the floor again. So, mm. an extraordinary chapter. But um, I think Justin Langer, you're right, at least publicly, and you know, who knows? We know England got vacancy now. Uh, there's certainly an argument to say he, he, he's the man for that job. Do you think there's been a short and or long term contract put towards him, or at least the opportunity to talk about a short or long term contract with the English Cricket Board? Uh, I don't know. Um, I suspect it's too early to. I suspect. I, d- I doubt it, but I really don't know. Given they've just factored in the last 24 to 48 hours, I think that would be young. And to just be too terrific, just Australia remained up in the air, I think that would be unlikely. But um, uh, I, I don't know. For sure. I, I suspect. I suspect not. But I don't know. We'll wait and see with that one. But, uh, yeah, huge morning in terms of that news. Uh, Dan Cherney, thank you at a moment's notice for joining us and interrupting the Saturday morning walk down there or whatever you're doing down there. And um, have no a good one, mate. Thank you. Good on you. Dan Cherney, uh, read his stuff on codesports.com.au all over his cricket. And, uh, yeah, there's plenty more to come with that particular story. There's going to be a lot, isn't there? I, I think, as, as Murph said, there's been uh, investigative journalists and people are protecting people and whatnot. But now that there's been a, a clean split, does that open up the, the floodgates now for a little bit of the behind scenes and the faceless people to be named? Yeah. I don't know how you'd approach it as a player who, okay, th- let's accept the fact that the players weren't the biggest fan of his coaching style. And it, it has to be put to one side about what they thought of him as a person. But you would have had coaches, Nick, where you go, oh, if I, sitting in a video session, I was like, oh, my goodness, here we go for the 4,000th time. He's telling us this and this and this or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you just get over it. And it feels like there was – the coaching style was the issue with these players. So how you 
put that across as a player because it's a very, very dangerous thing, I would imagine, that the playing group can start picking the coach. Yep. I I think, and and Peter was on early in the show, and we spoke about the difference in dynamic between, look, an AFL list or an NRL list and a cricket team. Mm. You're dealing with a, a, a smaller um, size of, of player group where in, in an AFL team to get majority, like a majority group is uh, 25, 30. Mm. Whereas in, in a cricket team, if you've got the Australian cricket team that roll with a squad of 15 around the, the test series, you don't need many to, yeah. to get majority of the dressing room there. Whereas the AFL and, or an NRL squad being the size that they are to get a majority of players going, oh, geez, we don't really like the coaches a lot harder uh, a lot harder work, and and the dynamic between the uh, a, a team of cricketers and the coach, and AFL ball sports, and the coach is different. Football may be a little bit different. Squad size is a little bit smaller, but well, national team coaching for football um, would be pretty similar to what Justin Langer yep. does, but it's okay. very different in the sense that yeah, Justin Langer has these guys, and they come in, they go out. New players come in, they go out. You haven't got the the same. Generally speaking, you don't have the same group of 15 players on every yep. single tour, especially when you go from white ball to red ball, as opposed to a footy team where you're having the same 30 faces each day at training and you're picking a few of them to play or the majority of them to play and the others you have to leave aside. But it's a more cohesive kind of working environment as opposed to the stop-start nature of what a, a cricket coach has to do. Um, look, they, these guys get selected on the basis of knowing what they're doing on the cricket field. So... In terms of motivation, how much do you need? And, and one guy might need a hell of a lot of motivation as opposed to another guy who needs a bit more tactical help. So it's a, it's a strange little thing. And I, I think the the issue from the player's point of view, from what I could gather from talking to a few of them and a few other people in Australian cricket, was that Lang was just so intense and tactically he wasn't quite what the playing group at the time needed. Once they got to a certain point of building themselves up again tactically, they find it hard. There, there were stories of last summer against India, um, just that they were left wanting more, but it wasn't there from yeah, the coach. And and that's a little bit on the coach and understanding your coaching style and your philosophies and what you're good and not good at is is a good coach. And good coaches in any sport have assistants that do the, the right job for them that they're not actually renowned for or it's not their their special suit. So you would imagine that Justin Langer gets that feedback whenever that was and goes, okay, tactically, uh, um, the players want more. I'm not as sharp there. Who do I bring in? Which was McDonald and Divinuto. They did change. Yeah, they they changed that. And then there was a significant shift with with on-field performances with the Australian cricket team. Look, the the reason why I think so many of his ex-teammates stuck up for him or have been sticking up for him is the fact that he is a good bloke and they get on with him so well, but they don't know the ins and outs, the day-to-day of actually mm. being with him in a dressing room and getting the most out of themselves as players. Like They, they went through some <laughs> the best times ever of an Australian cricket team. Of course they're going to be mates. Of course they're going to um, stick together. Jimmy Smith's joined us. Uh, you're in for the Arvo shift, obviously. We've got here Jace Matthews in for Sports Central, but uh, that's wrong. Yeah, no, a little switch up late on yes. that one, Ads. How Welcome, are you? Jimmy. Hey, Nick. How switch are you, Gibbo? Um, i tell you what, the big story of the day, obviously, uh, and we'll cover it all during the course of Sports Central, is that I've given up the number one seed to be here today. Yes. Bucks Day. We did. What? No, I was I'd, listening look, on the I'd, way I'd, in. I'd said no to the Bucks Day. I was listening to you boys what on the way in. What the hell is wrong with you? I, no, hang on. Can I just preface this by saying I said no 
earlier and then this opportunity okay. came up. So it wasn't why'd you, like... Why'd you say no? Yeah. Can I ask? No, nah, yeah. Personal it's, question. It's, it is. It's not personal. It's, um, <laughs> he's a much younger man than I. Yeah. And I'm like... I don't need a you, you don't want to be Frank the Tank, do you? <laughs> <laughs> you get a little on your lips and you just can't stop. <laughs> this We're going streaky. We're streaky through the quad. <laughs> little yes. cold out, Frank. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, Jimmy, I've got one here from the text line from Matt. Adam, as a first-grade cricketer of 15 years, I'll let you know the following. The coach is irrelevant. The coach does nothing but run batting and fielding sessions. At national level, the coach is totally irrelevant, and the players obviously don't want Langer around. You know cricket really well, the backgrounds, the ins and outs, the training sessions and the like. Is Matt on the money here? Uh, at grade cricket level, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Australian level, a little bit different, and it depends on the personalities. And that has been a different depending on the coach and the captain from the time Bob Simpson came in as a coach in about 1986. We're going to speak to Mal Con. He has followed this very closely. He was involved in the Australian side as a media communications guy during the course of Justin Langer's reign. He's had incredible mm. insight on it. And he's followed it very closely. So can't wait to speak to him on this one. No real surprise that Langer walks away at this point. Um, it's been protracted, too, too drawn out, too public. Um, not he as had public. to walk, didn't he? He yeah. had to walk. He's, he's played it perfectly in his own reputational Absolutely. sense. If he let it drag on, he's value, not his value, but, you know, it, it kind of chips away at what he walks away with now. It's interesting what's next. Yeah. Has someone reached out to him from English cricket? Um, if the, you know, Michael Vaughan was very strong during the summer. He was strong again yesterday, uh, saying Justin Langer would be great for English cricket. I'm not sure that is the case, Um it feels convenient, doesn't it? It, it? it feels convenient for Cricket Australia unless those conversations that they had at the end of that eight-hour board meeting were, hey, mate, that's what we're offering you. At that rate, it's a take-it-or-leave-it mm -hmm. situation. Did they lowball him? Uh, you reckon? Lowballing low is a, a way going, to say we don't want you to coach. That's what I mean. Yeah. They go, we don't want him. Let's offer him this so he walks. Without knowing yes or no, that's probably a strategy. And so, and then you can say, we offered him a position. Yeah. Uh, but, but really, you're not. You're not. <laughs> People are not going right. to cop that. That's right. Uh, but Adam's still here hosting. So. <laughs> exactly. he, he stayed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, nothing else to do on a Saturday morning. <laughs> we'll try something Might else. Well. Skip over. We'll see whatever. <laughs> Put uh, my hand up. It's all good. <laughs> Arvo show uh, quickly. What else? Uh, uh, so Malcon Brooksy NBA chat. Yep. Uh, we're going to have a chat. Ben Simmons, James Harden. Apparently Ooh, on the deal. Interesting. On the slate. Interesting. Ask him about that one. Scotty Sattler will be along for a chat to Cam Luke previewing the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl as well. So thanks, Jimmy. Big show. Thanks, boys. Thank you, Nick. That it. We're done. And uh, in reference to Justin, Justin Langer, Langer, here's our player pump up song. It's not a pump up song, really. Gibbo, thank you. Great work, mate. Uh, Adam. Great work, mate. Thanks, mate. Nick, good questions. <laughs> See us. Have good a good night.